Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living by the Law, the podcast discussing fictional worlds and how wondrous and ridiculous they are. My name is Matt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jude and Guy. Living by the Law is not currently sponsored. If you wish to sponsor us, find an orphaned blacksmith and acquire his Aztec coin. Journey across the sea to the end of the world to find a massive kraken. Toss your coin to its gaping maw and pray your sponsorship offer to your gods. We will hear you. We always do. In this episode, we set sail upon the seven seas of Pirates of the Caribbean, a delicious set of pirate adventures following the exploits of Jack Sparrow and his scurvy mates. Heads up, this episode contains spoilers for all Pirates of the Caribbean-related media. You know what I feel like? What? What? Sometimes I feel like... A paper watch... bag <laughs> barely drifting by. Da, 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 Stop. Da, da. <laughs> Sometimes da, I feel da. like... You've ruined this episode already. Holy <laughs> shit. That's fucked the audio. Um, you, ever, you watched Lilo and Stitch when you were younger? No. A bit. Well, the, the, the creatures in Lilo and Stitch, there's, there's like 600 of them. Uh-huh. Their one weakness, their joint weakness, is their, their, um, they hate water. Which is really interesting because they're on a fucking island of Hawaii. Yeah, true. But because they're so their their cells are so dense, they just they sink and they drown. They can't swim. None of them can swim. So they're all weak to water. So sometimes I feel like that, to, and especially one today because I'm currently soaking wet. Yeah, that's very fair. I do feel a little bit like um like this pirate voyage of an episode that we've got going on is a little bit of a cursed venture. Not only has the weather been turned against us, not only have our scurvy mates been sick multiple times trying to fucking find a time to record this, but also that grand ship of Optus has gone down sailing on those winds today right when I was trying to fucking write this episode. <laughs> that's great ship of internet connectivity. That's such a that's such an Australian centered joke. <laughs> no one outside Australia, even Melbourne, maybe. I, I said pirate ship of great importance of internet connectivity. I think people can <laughs> can, can construct the context around it. Captain, Captain, we're going down, Captain. There's been a disturbance, Captain. <laughs> such a shame. What what I imagine the Optus internet people to be like yeah, today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On their mm-hmm. on their great scurvy ship. Yeah. If I'm honest, yeah. I'd throw myself overboard. <laughs> Well, speaking of being wow. wet, what? throwing yourself overboard. Wow, Matt, are you okay? Great ships. No. And <laughs> Damn, dude, do you want to talk about it? I want to talk about Optus. It's all good. It's not, not on the podcast, yeah? <laughs> Put yourself together. Come on. Fuck. <laughs> Disgusting, you two. How dare you interrupt my intro to my episode that I'm trying to smoothly transition into. Mm. That's so rude. I would never do that. You know who does do well on water? Percy Jackson. He fucking does great on water. If you want to hijack this fucking episode, you can go for it. <laughs> Show me the script, baby. <laughs> it's all, all in turned around. They <laughs> no. have the script ready to go. Well, I've actually got an Aquaman episode ready. Right? Well, I have a Pirates of the Caribbean episode ready, and it's my episode. So I'm going to take control of it. I'm a little petulant English lad. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, I know. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean is a series of movies created by that most benevolent of mice, Disney. Um <laughs> To, released in 2003, director Gore Verbinski and writers Ted Elliott and Terry Rosso not only tell a pu- tale of pirate glory, as was common amongst uh, many pirate movies at the time, but also inject a supernatural flair which uh, makes the films unique in their lore and a little bit interesting. Hmm. 
Um, it somewhat revived the genre out of a slump it had been having since the 1960s, the Errol Flynn era, um, Treasure Island and a couple of those mm -hmm, other ones, mm -hmm. uh, using both Johnny Depp's unique star power and uh, along with some, you know, little, little fun uh, curses and mythology things that uh, made it stand out amongst the rest. And Orlando Bloom's hot bod. Oh, such a hot bod. Mm. Early 2000s Orlando Bloom, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's, well, there's no other reason why you would like early 2000s Orlando Bloom. Well, actually, he was in another... <laughs> there are two hey, movies. you want to know what's depressing? Sorry, yeah. I'm so sorry. This will be the last ratchet I do. Mm -hmm. When Orlando Bloom did Lord of the Rings, he was the age that we are now. Fuck off. <laughs> Anyway, oh, that's sad. The last thing I need is my success compared to others, because <laughs> which it will means, always make me sad. Which means he was about our age when we did Pirates of the Caribbean. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's a it's Pirates of the Caribbean is one of those movies. There's two movies. One of them is Pirates of the Caribbean that can define my sexuality. Just look at the cast, <laughs> and it's just like, ooh, everyone, yeah, yeah. even Barbosa, Barbosa, best yeah. girl. Um, best that, girl. The best mummy. Girl. The mummy is the other one. The right? mummy is the other yeah. one. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely confused about whether you think that Barbosa is a girl or not. No, he's just best girl. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm glad. Um, an interesting thing that I'm sure most people listening know, um, or a, an amount of people know, is that the movies are, interestingly enough, actually not based on a story, but are in fact based on a dark ride from Disneyland. Yeah. A dark ride being uh, any of those roller coasters that roll you through the dark and do like sensory things like blasting water at you and stuff like that. Um, the ride was released in 1967 and also features the iconic song from the series, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life For Me, which I thought was quite interesting. I thought mm. that was a sea shanty of its own right, but no, Disney made up yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. Um, I knew it was a fake fake sea shanty, but I didn't. I thought it was made for the movies, not for the ride. It was, yeah, yeah, originally made for the ride, playing yeah, yeah. in the background. Hmm. Um, it was the last thing that Walt Disney actually worked on be uh, before he died. Uh, and then he's buried there, right? He's, um, his, the, his, yeah. his frozen body is in the ride. One of the skeletons is actually him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he died just three months before it opened. Basically, yeah. the main reason I'm doing this episode, though, is that the other day I was watching Pirates of the Caribbean. As these two know, and now the audience will know, I am despite being an epic gamer, also very into Pirates of the Caribbean. It's the only thing he watches. We're trying to get him to watch new movies. This is the reason I don't watch Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. I'm too busy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in doing so, I heard a random pirate's name that seemed kind of like a throwaway or like a, another random name from the series. Um, but I Googled it. Turns out it's a famous Spanish conquistador, which led me down the trail of asking, how much of the show is history how much is mythology common mythology how much is modified mythology because there's an amount of that and how much is uh total bullshit lore made for the films i say total bullshit the entire podcast is about total bullshit if we think about it really um nah. <laughs> but basically this led me down a rabbit hole of going through each of the movies writing mm -hmm. down like interesting tidbits and like discussing and yeah. trying to figure out what was there versus what was the real story nice um, so yeah, basically I thought this would be a nice, interesting episode, hmm. simulating the experience of sitting next to one of us on the couch, or me on the couch when, uh, you're watching these films, because... Fantastic. I, I'm an old, I need to just, tell just you about chuck this, Just chuck the movie on, chuck this on in the background, and, um, yeah. you're basically yeah. going to have a know-it-all friend right next to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, spoiler-wise, the last film came out over six years ago, so if you're filming at the mouth to go see them, great news, you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that being said, I think I've rambled about the context mm. long enough. Let's, uh, let's get into the first episode episode uh 
uh, the first episode, the first movie, Curse of the Black Pearl. First episode, Keys how to many the episodes are we going to be here? <laughs> yes. Oh no, that's usually a me thing. No. <laughs> uh, Curse of the Black Pearl opens with a young girl stealing a golden coin off a young man who was found overboard, um, saved onto their ship. Um, and in our literal first uh, ever uh, scene of the entire movie, I immediately found something that I wanted to research further, which is pirate gold. Doubloons, pirate golds, and doubloons are such a no. It's such a ubiquitous <laughs> part of pirate culture. And like doubloons was a meme on TikTok a while uh. ago. Like, what's the context there? Do you know what a fucking doubloon is? Because I do, and I'm about to tell you. <laughs> you ready for this knowledge dump? Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm here. That's why I'm here. Write down your mind hole. Um, pirates gold as a whole is quite interesting. Um, as pirates really couldn't give a shit about what exactly they were stealing, despite the fact that ubi- doubloons were so ubiquitous. Basically, if it's spent, it was stolen. Um, any gold that came uh, could be gold bullion. Um, they could be sold at, you know, gold buyers and other things like that, um, which didn't bother asking where the gold came from. I don't know any examples of that in our modern world, um, you know. What? No. No. <laughs> I've never seen a, a sussy gold shop that doesn't really ask where the things that they're buying came from. I, I don't think I've ever been to a gold shop. Have you not walked around Melbourne and seen? There's like four of them oh, up Swanson I, Street. I've definitely seen gold for money or yeah, money for correct. gold. But I've never seen... What do you think, think their primary market is? It's not people selling off their grandma's antiquities. It's people stealing watches. They oh. could be. <laughs> anyway, um, iconic coins include the Spanish Silver Real. Um, you know, you'll hear mm-hmm. reals thrown mm-hmm. around a lot. Silver pesos, which are actually pieces of eight. So the general term was silver pesos around about translated from eight to one in reals. So pieces of eight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, gold and silver ducats, which interestingly enough, this is a this is a little throw for the Australian listeners specifically. Oh, yeah. Which was worth more, gold or silver reals? Probably. So. I mean, silver as a silver as a mineral is more rare on Earth than gold. Um, you know what? For the sake of, I think it's silver, but for the sake of fun, I'll say gold because Matt's gone silver. Both of you are wrong. They're worth about the same amount because if you think about it, the original reason for those coins was that they were basically pure metal. So if anyone wanted to actually use them for gold stuff, you just melt the fucking coin down. Okay. So gold and silver both being rare metals, they were both worth around about 10 reals each. I don't actually know the translation of reals to modern dollars, but whatever. Sure. Um, the iconic doubloon, however, was actually mm. a Spanish coin weighing in about an ounce or 28 grams per coin of pure Spanish gold. Woo. So big fat Woo-hoo. fucking coins. Anyway, pure stolen gold. Pure stolen gold. So the interesting thing here for me is that pirate gold didn't necessarily come from like one place. It mm. wasn't mm. like there were gold pirate coins. It was, yeah. we'll it's deal a, with whatever yeah. fucking pure currency we've got. Yeah. I mean, they're stealing off of anyone and everyone they can possibly find. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, it makes sense. So yeah, um, we then go on in movie to discover out that the pirate's gold is in fact cursed, um, <gasps> and whoever steals it becomes an undying, unsatisfiable monster, cursed to wander the earth, searching for these coins for all eternity, um, unable to sate their hunger, thirst, or for some reason in this children's movie they also mention lust for women. But go crazy, pirates! Well, yeah, because the bones on a dick, so they're, they're skeletons. So how would they tell me skeleton can't bone down? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm literally. Not, <laughs> you know what is interesting Dang. in that movie that always annoys me yeah. is that in the first battle, mm-hmm. and even in later battles, they act like they're getting hurt, <laughs> especially when they get like pour like hot coals on them. That's an expressive. That's like expressing like they can't feel heat 
or, or pain, and they're like, oh no, it's hot and I'm in pain. Oh, ouchie. Yeah. I don't <laughs> what, know if they, they ever. For? Who they, they never actually for? say that they don't feel pain. No, they. they Pablo gets fucking stabbed and shot, and they say you're, and they don't react. If you got stabbed, I think you're gonna react. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe not. If you, I mean, you say that, but, but, hear me out. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many times has Barbosa been stabbed and shot in the gut fatally? Not enough to not react. He literally says, and I quote, I feel nothing. Well, then maybe he's just best girl and too strong. <laughs> Did you consider that, Matthew? Did not consider that. Incredible. Um, this does bring us to a much more complicated than I expected topic around buried pirate gold. Now, common common assumption would lead mm. you to go, yeah, it's horseshit. Yeah, X marks the spot. It's right there. I, yeah, X marks yeah. the spot. Um, but despite what films show... Pretty obviously, when you think about it, pirates didn't really have much of a reason to bury their treasure. Like, if they made enough, they would just stop being a pirate for a bit and spend it. These people weren't, like, doing it for the love of the game. They were poor and usually kind of unscrupulous characters trying to find money. So if they came into a large sum of gold, usually they'd just stop being a pirate. It made me sad, guys. I know. <laughs> but the One Piece, the One Piece is real. The one Piece is real. I deliberately avoided One Piece references <laughs> in this thing. I figured mythology, history, and lore of the actual universe was enough. I didn't need to get One Piece involved. <laughs> I thought about it. Um, the one time we do actually have historical rumours of that happening was a very famous example of William Kidd, a Scottish pirate who left behind a broadside song with a line reading that the treasure he had contained 200 bars of gold and Rick's dollars manifold. We seize uncontrolled. Uh, Rick's dollars just literally means coins. Um, This has led to many treasure hunts, um, but the main thing that I could found about it uh, was that there was one stash that was unearthed. It was very, very exciting. Hmm. However, it was found before he even fucking died and used at his trial. So it's not like hidden. (laughs) They found it. It was just like, hey, we found some of your hidden shit. You're a pirate. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, Yeah, he was a a British privateer who turned rotten. Yeah, poor lad. Mm. No, he turned woke and he went and he he rebelled against the British, which is based. Are you saying that the pirates are a woke mob? Yep. That's fucked up, man. (laughs) I think think being a pirate is based. I don't know if we've put enough trigger warnings in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, other than that, the best source of inspiration I could find for the curse aspect of Pirate Gold was uh, the Oak Island Mystery which is a Canadian myth about Oak Island with the earliest recordings being around 1857 or so. Um, Many people have come to claim the treasure of (laughs) the Oak Island money pit, as it's called. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, there's like a whole fucking, like, there's like a six-season show about this shit. Yeah, there was a... How do you guys know about this? What the fuck? Because I'm into pirates, dude. (laughs) Because my history podcast I listened to talked about it. I see. Also, Chiluminati have talked about it. Sorry, we shouldn't talk about other people's podcasts. No, we can, add, we we? can cross-advertise, because maybe they'll reply to Listen us. Listen to Chiluminati. Yeah. It's good. Um, <laughs> the most This is supposedly one of the other places that Captain yeah. Kidd, as mentioned before, may have actually buried his treasure, and of such people have been yeah. digging around for many, many years. Um, the most famous location, the said money pit, was originally just a divot in the ground that a farmer found while trying to look for farmland that had two flagstones buried just beneath the surface. Um, this became a digging location where at least five people have died over the last 150 years trying to dig a fucking hole looking for this gold. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty nice, good. Nice. Um, yeah, there's multiple things. There's English settlers who have come and tried to take it. There's also questions about it being possibly just a sinkhole and people just kind of getting stuck. Yeah. Um, basically, people just... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just kind of a death trap where people are convinced there's two million pounds of gold at the bottom. Um, it's wild. Anyway, um, another one before I move on, though, mm-hmm. another likely candidate for the cursed gold and gold treasure aspect is mentioned directly by the film um, and is actually the, the gold that they supposedly have, which is the gold of Cortez. Yes. Uh, a famous Spanish conquistador who ransacked the Aztec Empire. Yes, he did. Um, taking... Tetno- R.I.P. Montezuma. Montezuma. You'll be remembered. Yeah, taking the city of Tetnotish... Tenochtitlan. I fucking have it written pronunciation here. I'm still going to mispronounce it. <laughs> I first read it, and in my head I was pronouncing it as like Tectoctitlan. Uh, so your, your mistake here, guy, was bringing history to Jude. Yeah, Jude's got my history on me. <laughs> although, although, is this the moment when I say that you should you should all know everything about this because we did a whole like multiple terms in year eight on Cortez and Montezuma and Tenochtitlan, and we even went on an excursion to Melbourne uh, Melbourne Museum. I'm going to plead I was at a different school. I'm oh, gonna, yeah, you were. I'm going to plead the fact that I didn't pay attention for any of school, <laughs> let alone the history parts. <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. Um, however, okay, um, he raised um, Tenochtitlan for the the, la- the Spanish, claiming it, um, which is now where Mexico stands. Interesting fact about uh, Cortez, he was a fucking lunatic. Like, yeah. People are like, oh, the conquistadors were doing crazy shit. Like, yeah, they were terrible people. But also, specifically, Cortez was, like, disavowed by the Empire. And as soon as he got back to Spain, they were like, hey, you're out of a job. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> He's fucking mental. A lot yeah. of them were. I'm like, I like how a lot of people look back and it's just like, oh, they were, they were part of their time. No. At the time, everyone went, you're a fucking maniac. <laughs> and they went, no, you, we, if you meet any people over there, be nice to them and make relations. Don't fucking enslave and murder them. Yeah, the, the, co- the conquistadors really are one of those times where it's like, especially like the Spanish conquistadors, Conquisition era, so like exempt from any possible oh, but it's of the time arguments you can possibly make. It's also like not that long ago. <laughs> it's like not as long the as Azte- because the Aztecs were so technologically behind, it's easy to think that this was like a long time ago, but it's really not. It's only like a couple hundred years ago. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. isn't like a <laughs> first hundred years medieval era shit. This is like colonialism modern. was not that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly that part of colonialism. Yeah. Um, the other thing I really like about Cortez is he was mm. writing letters back to the Spanish king, basically going, "Hey, this this people I've found pose a threat to the empire." <laughs> While in the meantime. Spain was specifically being ransacked by, like, French, German, like, literally, like, their neighbours. Yeah. And Cortez is over in fucking South America going, these these fucking guys, they're the real problem. <laughs> the king's like, can you stop spending my fucking money and can, come back here? Can, can you bring your thousand soldiers back? You've got guns, you've got ships, you've got cannons, you've got men. The only reason he got any lenience is because he did bring a shitload of gold back. Which puts us on to... But it was cursed. The, less, the lost treasure. Um... The one in the movie is likely stolen treasure, such as gold artifacts, because they specifically said this is somewhere that Cortez hid his gold. Um, there is a thing in the movie where there was a ship that got like run aground on the island and only one person survived, and that person hid the gold. Mm. So not even Cortez. It's Cortez's gold, but it's not that. And then, anyway. <laughs> Cortez's friend's gold. Cortez's friend's gold. Sadly, um, one of the things that is unfortunate is that the golden coins are also quite likely Aztec artifacts because the Aztecs like coins more than they like, you know, unique, one-of-a-kind historical artifacts um, that were happened to be made of gold, so they just yeah. melted them fuckers down and yeah. <laughs> made them into coins. So, great job, uh, huge, Cortez. Huge. Um, but yes, the other thing that happened is also that there was a lot of gold lost on what the Spanish called the Night of Sorrows, um, where the local population unsurprisingly annoyed at the uh, conquistadors for doing what conquistador do, um, turned on them 
en masse and they were forced to flee with what they could carry, some soldiers got very greedy and as such just lost a lot along the way. Like they weighed down wagons and just <laughs> lost it as they ran from the local wow. population. Imagine, imagine being like being really fucking horrible to people and then going, wow, they're going to hit us back? No, but my favourite thing about it is... What do you mean? Like, there's this mythology around like the lost Cortez gold and it sounds like he's buried it and hidden yeah. it somewhere. Like, no, there's half a chance that it's it. literally they just dropped it in yeah, fucking South America yeah. somewhere. It's in a bog. Which like checks for the location of where the Caribbean is. Like, it... it anyway. Um, eh. uh, I could go on, but the history lesson that on pirate plunder and stolen gold has to end somewhere. Um, Are we still on the first scene of the movie? We're still in the first scene. As I said, I went very deep on a couple of like the first things just because I like pirate shit. And like the first scene has pirate gold in it. I'm like, might as well get this way out, out of the way at the start. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, on to the next parts. Um, we then, you know, go, I'm going to jump a couple scenes forward. I'm doing very um, story plot in the movie's light. I'm trying to cover more the background elements. Um, as next, we'll get on to a very famous ship uh, for our Captain Jack Sparrow, the Black Pearl. The Black Pearl! Um, the iconic ship for Jack Captain Jack may actually have existed. Some websites I've seen claimed it was the ship of Captain Henry Morgan of Captain Morgan Rum fame, oh, um, which I couldn't find any fucking extra sources other than a random website that said it. But fun nonetheless. It might be a marketing scheme. It could be. It's also it definitely could. Be. It just feels like to me there's like when you actually look at it, there's not that many famous pirates. <laughs> like mm. they kind of run out of people. It's kind of. Um... What's this? I feel like it's a like a maybe like a Star Wars quote or something. But, oh no, it's um, Game of Thrones. Um, talking about a famous pirate, it probably isn't a very good one or something like that. Yeah, I mean the point of pirates is like the point of criminals. Being yeah. a famous one isn't necessarily a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that we had that long just to get to a half quote. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jude. <laughs> hey man, sometimes I do. Anyway. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> um, however, the actual origin for the ship in series is that it was once the Wicked Wench, a ship that Jack captained while sailing in the employ of the East India Trading Company. Um, Wait, yes, is Jack what? a real guy? No. In okay. the, the, sh in the, sh the, in the, the law. The origin okay. of the ship Sorry. in the series. <laughs> I thought I was about to learn that Jack Sparrow is a real fucking captain. Yeah, it was I mean, Johnny Depp's great, 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 great. <laughs> I'll get to it, but he is based on a real guy. They're probably based on a real guy, yeah. They, based. He's based on a real he's guy. He's based. And he's a real guy. Anyway. <laughs> Um, basically, the ship was burned and sank by the company when Jack refused to deliver a cargo of 100 slaves. Jack went down with the ship, as any good captain would, and while down on the bottom of the ocean, struck a bargain with Davy Jones. Uh, the deal was that he would captain the Black Pearl for 13 years, and it would be rebrought to the surface as an excellent ship, uh, in exchange for 100 years of service for him uh, upon Davy Jones's ship, which I'll get to in a bit. Um, David Jones. Yeah. This backstory is alluded to in the second movie between Jack's interactions with uh, uh, Davy Jones and also his interactions with Cutler Beckett. Not Cutler Beckett. Yeah, Cutler Beckett. Yeah, Cutler Beckett. Um, in which uh, pirate, his pirate brand is shown, you know, there's a little mm -hmm. bit of backstory there, but mm -hmm. it's sort of alluded to. So this might be a spoiler, but did you say 100 souls or 100 years? He So he has to repay 100 years because he doesn't want to serve... He has to repay 100 souls, souls because okay. he doesn't want to work on the ship for 100 years. Makes His sense. original agreement was, I'll work for you for 100 years. He then goes to David Jones and goes, hey, I actually kind of don't want to work for you. What's the deal? And he goes, well, one year for one soul seems a fair trade. And Jack goes, hmm, maybe you don't. And Jack then he laughs and sails off because... <laughs> Davy Jones, do what Davy Jones do. No, nah, he definitely goes, you got it, buddy. I'm going to go recruit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, this back, yeah, so the backstory is alluded to. Anyway, 
on onwards to other things, the Cortez gold, which is seen in the movie, is also found on Ile de, Ile de, de Mertua. I'm so sorry. Ile my... de Mertua. Island, Island of the Dead is what it fucking means in Spanish. I'm sorry. Isn't um, that like Isle de Mertua or something? Isle... Definitely Ile de something. I've, I've got Isla, I-S-L-A-D-M-U-E-R-T-A. Ile de Muerta. Yeah, that's what that sounds. That sounds good. Sorry, um, Spanish listeners. This island is entirely made up for the movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. as you'd expect. But the ag- actual history of it in lore is interesting. The island was once supposed to be the uh, place where I mentioned that Cortez ship ran aground, where that sailor uh, buried Cortez's cursed gold. Um, the last one hid the treasure, uh, but the curse present on the gold from uh, Cortez sacking the Aztec tribes and then cursing him essentially uh, brought dark magic to the island. Um, the original idea for the grotto where the treasure was found was supposed to actually reflect the original Disney ride because the original ride had you dipping mm. down like a waterfall rapids thing into an underground pirate grotto yep. where, amongst other things, you see uh, dead pirates and their goal. You also see yep. a pirate um, prison cage with a dog outside it with keys in its mouth, which is a scene from the movie, yep. um, and uh, a number of other things. However, unfortunately, due to budget or for some other reason, they decided to cut the waterfall entrance idea, um, which leaves it more as just a, a fun tidbit from production. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um... My brain just died. Holy shit. Mid-conversation. Oh my god, Matt's brain runs on Optus. Oh no. <laughs> the great ship of Optus has taken down. Uh, Curse Pirate Gold. Illidal Murder. No? Gaze out. Um, I'm gonna... Oh, yeah. Come fuck on. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, um... So you're telling that the... the, the... The place called the Island of Death wasn't cursed before they got there. No, well, no, it was. It was cursed once Cortez's gold got to it. Yeah, but someone called it the Island of Death. Yeah, Cortez's gold. So, for context as well, the actual history of Cortez happened about a hundred years before the actual setting of the movie. So things happened historically that have had time to become like okay. known things. So maybe it wasn't called that yet. It would be funny if you got shipwrecked on an island and you're like, shit, what am I on? One? Oh no! I'm on the <laughs> oh no 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 no! <laughs> I'm on the island of fucking death. Yeah, that would. I mean, yeah. <laughs> check check the charts. Are you sure? Are there none others next to it? Well, we're right next to uh, Lollipop Beach and White Sands Isle, but no, actually, this is Island of Death. <laughs> Rescue Bay is just a it's just around the corner, baby. Oh, fuck. You telling me if we turn left instead of right, two junctions back, we would have made it to Rescue Bay? Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Um, yes, so the dark magic was brought to the island by the gold, which I think is an interesting tidbit. That yeah. Cortez was so evil and the curse was so bad that it fucked a whole island. Yeah, I can see that. Kind of cool. I can cool. see that. Um, one final bit of lore from the movie, and I'll mention, uh, which is uh, Jack's compass. Yes. So in the movie, Jack Sparrow has a compass which guides him to anything he desires. That's not explicitly said in the first movie, but it definitely becomes more obvious as you go through the yeah, movies. I love how it's not said, and they never explain the compass in the first movie. They're yeah. just like... He knows, and he has his compass, and they yeah. never explain it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. he's just like, yes. I well, got, in the I know first movie, they kind of they say that the compass leads to the Aldi Murder, is what they say. Yeah, they say, yeah, a compass doesn't point north. Yeah, no, no, and then they later say that his compass points to the island. Yeah, it's, but, I, there's a there's a very funny uh, part in the scene where mm-hmm. when you when some I think it's either Jack holding the compass or the Norrington holding the compass, and you can't see the dial, which means it has to be pointing. 
because they're, fa- they're facing each other. Yeah. Has to be pointing at the other one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. My, so in my um my fan fiction, Jack and Norrington are definitely uh, a great. thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're definitely lusting yeah. after each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> um, yeah, the so the Illidan motor I'll I'll mention with the compass as well because you mentioned that part of the first movie. The actual compass isn't needed to find your way to the island, but the 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 curse of the island. Funnily enough, for okay. This is going to sound weird. I, the curse seems to not want people to get the curse. It seems to very specifically be targeting greedy people because the curse of the island is that the island cannot be found by anyone except people who already know where it is. Mm. Okay. Specifically. It's not just Jack's compass. It, anyone yeah. who's been to the island before and knows where it is can find it again. Yeah, that's how they get back there when they don't have them. So that's why Jack needs the compass to get there the first time because no one's told him how to get there, but he can get there through the compass. It's a whole magic thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he was given that compass in a trade with Calypso as a teenager. Um, Calypso, the god of the sea in this particular thing. There, there's some more context to it, which I'll give later once I get to Calypso. She shows up in the second movie, uh, in the body of Tia Dalma, who's, again, another character from the second movie I'll get to. Um, the compass was given to Jack, uh, when he was a teenager, um, who then gave it to his old captain at the time, um, but was given back to Jack after his captain died in a flashback we see in the fifth movie. So it happened before all of the movies, mm. but we see it happen in the fifth movie. Mm. Um, out of context, out of, out of question, have either of you seen the fifth movie? Is that Dead Men Tell No Tales? Uh, that is, uh, give me a second. Because I've seen that one. Yeah, no, uh, I'm pretty sure, because yeah, there's... Dead Men Tell No Tales, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because Stranger Tales is the fourth one. It's the one where he does like the reverse trick and yeah. leads the guy into the cave. Yeah, right? yeah. That yeah, one, I've, exactly. I've, I've see... seen it, but I've only seen it once. That's fair. No, that's totally fine. But yeah, you only need one... to see it once. <laughs> It's bad. No, you need to see it multiple times. I think it's great. I, enjoyed I, I enjoyed it when I watched it. You're insane. That was a horrible movie. My love for Pirates of the Caribbean overrides my the first care three of it, are the it's only ones you need to watch. Mm. Sorry. Okay. Cringe. Okay. The first three are definitely the best, but to write off the last two, I think that's a mistake. I'm gonna be honest, and this is this is a weird take, but Whoa. I personally don't super like the second movie because it just feels like an extended intro into the third movie. Uh, yeah. They don't actually resolve mm. anything in the second movie. Yeah, that's but fair. It, like I think some of the character introductions and that the this interactions of that movie is so are so good. That's fine, but I will always criticize movies like that or like, for example, the most recent um, Spider Man, uh, Spider Verse movie, where mm. it's a movie that doesn't resolve its own problems. It leaves it for another movie. That yeah, always no, feels I, like yeah. a weak movie to me. Yeah, I, I agree. don't agree at all. That's fine sure. because they. I feel like at least as long as they have a plot of their own in that movie and they resolve that plot, but they fine. don't. Though, that's they, the do. Thing. they do. They do because that's the story of. Okay, we're going to Spider Verse. It's the story of Gwen finding herself again, and it's the entire movie is started from her perspective. Starts with her perspective, and it's about her finding herself. Let's go pirates because I've not seen Spider Verse yet. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna defend Spider Verse. I'm gonna go with my Spider Verse point just quickly. <laughs> The main that I wouldn't argue that Gwen finding herself is the main plot of the movie. The main plot is them discovering the multiverse exists. I'd seen. I'd say that is the main plot of the overall the two movies, but that movie is about Gwen. Okay, sure. I, I appreciate your uh, perspective. Uh, it's wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> but can we say the fourth movie is definitely the worst? It's on Stranger Tides. Yeah. There's some cool bits. There are not. There. That is a bad movie. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Here's the thing. It's in the franchise that it's in. It looks awful. But I should quite like it in isolation. But it doesn't even come close to holding a candle to any of the first three, obviously. And the fact that it comes straight after at World's End really kind of was such a letdown. I almost feel like if they'd done a different release... Not 
obviously you'd have to change things, but I sometimes feel like the release order's wrong, and you almost could have had, like, the first one stay the first one, make On Stranger Tides happen directly after the first one, because Jack's got the pearl and everything, um, and then it'd be an adventure that he has on the pearl. Obviously, in that one, he doesn't, because they decide to go, <laughs> but whatever. Make it just an adventure that he goes off and has on the pearl, and then the second one, we come back to Elizabeth and Will. They've had a happy life together, and they're getting married. Fucking shit goes wrong. Jack's dread back, whatever. Sec- um, Dead Man's Chest at World's End happen, and then at World's End ties in perfectly to how they did Tell No Tales, where Will's Davy Jones, you know? I understand your point. I'm going to do the same yeah. as Guy did. I understand your point. You're wrong, but I understand This your is the point. problem with covering any IP that okay. all three of us know okay. and have opinions on, is that it's <laughs> yeah. inevitably become a review session, yeah. but that's fine. Regardless, um, uh, beyond that... Uh, I don't think it's a great movie. I am saying that. To be fair, you 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 have high thoughts of Thor two. So, <laughs> hey man, every time every new Marvel movie, Thor two gets better by the day, baby. <laughs> You're not wrong. Incredible. Um, I could go on, but uh, are there any other questions about Pirate Plunder that you guys have? Any any scurvy scurvy questions? Ah, where's the booty? Sure, shit under the exit. I'm telling you that much. X does not mark the spot. Is there, there any, isn't. Is there are there any? Historical things of people leaving a map because I like I know there's like the, I was like people like maybe a poem to maybe include but what about like a map with an X on it? As far as I'm aware, no. Okay, that is used. That that idea came up in the original novel uh, Treasure Island, which was a, a, one of the beginning pirate movies of its time, released in the 1940s or 40s or 50s. I think it was just post-war, um, and it, it was just like a, a simple intro to pirate stuff. You know, mm. uh, people much more cared about the the fifties and sixties movies were much more focused on the swashbuckling Robin Hood, um, you know, scantily clad women, strong heroic men, heartthrobs, men in tights. Have you seen Errol Flynn? Don't even know what that Errol is. Flynn was a, a icon of the pirate eras of the fifties and sixties, and you can see how much he defined those movie tropes. His his arg is like the pirate arg. He defined a lot of that stuff, and that was kind of those focus. Anyway, so that was Pretty one sure. of the tropes established during that era. I see, I see. So yeah. Anyway, that's uh that's all good. From now I think I think. Oh, he thinks. Is I the one think, piece real? That's the most I think question. you think that the guy one I'm his... pretty sure Jerome Flynn, aka Bron in Game of Thrones, I think he's El Flynn's son, or possibly relative. Yeah, uh oh no, maybe not. Or maybe just completely different. You know, I'm probably just wrong. To be honest, <laughs> no, it's fine. It's his son now. We're create. We his can create son, this. Yeah. This is a new, new, ne- new pirate law. Yeah. Just dropped. No, this is a new feature of the show. It's called misinformation. <laughs> We've done that. Since... I didn't research this hard enough, and I'm just going to say that it's true. <laughs> it's called headcanon, and <laughs> we are writing it now. It's headcanon <laughs> about the real world, though. And in my canon, Bron is a pirate. We are, we're not only spreading misinformation about fictional worlds, we're spreading misinformation about the real world now. <laughs> uh, anyway. For Propaganda, the next, baby. For the next couple of things, uh, yep. yeah, we've got some some basic stuff. That's most of that movie's primary Fantastic. stuff. We're on to Dead Man's Chest. I'm moving on. Oh, my God. Uh, to cover an interesting myth for the start of it, um, the East India Trading Company was a... What are you laughing at? Nothing. Nothing. You, you got a question? No, 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 you go. It was a really good organization and we loved them. <laughs> the East India Trading Company was one of the most powerful English colonizing efforts, um, taking over a massive part of the sea trade for a lot of years. I, I literally do not have time to even dunk my toes into the East India Trading Company because <laughs> they have 
the entire history of them is insane. Yes, like, it is the epitome of English off. colonizing, sea trade, the whole fucking shebang. Anyway, um, if you want to find out more, the one that I found that was really interesting, um, Extra History is a YouTube channel that does a really good uh, piece about the East India Trading Company. It's like a four-part series. It's excellent. Anyway. And if you live out. in uh, anywhere near London, the uh, Greenwich Maritime Museum has a wonderful exhibit on it. Very interesting. <laughs> For all of our UK listeners. And if you live anywhere in Ireland, you probably didn't like them. <laughs> <laughs> You could get on a boat across to the Greenwich place and uh, have a nice day out in Greenwich. Don't. Which is where they filmed Thor 2. <laughs> Circles, baby. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, this film, The Dead, Dead Man's Chest, primarily deals with Jack Sparrow both trying to dodge uh, the pirate lord of the sea, Davy Jones, as well as kind of chase him at one point, um, and also trying to dodge his obligations to the East India Trading Company. Um, again, massively simplified. I apologize if anyone gets mad about my movie accuracy. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> First myth that we come across in the film, the Kraken and the Black Spot. <laughs> Damn, I thought you were going to say the East India Company. Yeah, the East India Trading Company. <laughs> that, no, I, they are a myth. They are a myth. <laughs> I real. wish they weren't fucking real, man. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, the Kraken is one of the most famous pirate myths um, and is actually very much not specifically a pirate myth as much as it shows up predominantly nowadays in pirate mythology. It very much comes from sailors at the time. Um, people who sailed, and all three of us at the table have, uh, can say that there is a certain unnatural, uh, unnerving quality to extremely deep water hmm. um, that leads people to think of horror stories, similar to just the dark. It's just kind of the human monkey brain going, I don't fucking like that. Dark forest. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you referencing the, the dark forest theory of space travel? When would you no. say dark forest? <laughs> the way you no. said dark forest... <laughs> I, I didn't forest. intend to, and then my brain almost slipped it out, and then I stopped, so instead it just was Dark Forest. <laughs> I was very confused. I mean, in your defense, Dark Forests have created a lot of fucking myths. I know, right? But yeah, no, no. I mean, there is nothing... There is nothing spookier than think than being like on like a something like a small boat or a small raft, and then thinking just how much water is on you, how much space is mm -hmm. on you. Like you mm -hmm. could think, think just go, if you go out far, like just think about there could my house could fit under me, and I couldn't even see it if I looked as far as I was like, mm -hmm. like that is just spooky. Man. It's spooky as fuck. Yeah. It's spooky, man. Now, in historical terms uh, of evidence, we actually know nowadays giant squids are real. They exist to some degree. Uh, some, uh, the females measuring up to 13 meters long. Mm. Um, the best guess I could find for the proliferation, I always put fun words into the script and then I fuck up the pronunciation of the recording. <laughs> proliferation of this myth was a combination of stories, giant dead squids washed up on beach, which beaches, which some people at the time seemed to think were juveniles, which is fucking hilarious to me because they saw a 13 meter squid and were like, that's the baby. Um, yeah. as well as giant whales just passing under ships with sailors who have had heard one too many stories and had one too many drinks being like, I don't know what the fuck that is, but it's I don't like it. It's a fucking Kraken, baby. Anyway. I mean, okay, if think yourself back in the day, you're at, at pitch black at night, all you have is like some lanterns to, if you see like a slight shadow under your boat, you're going to fucking freak. Exactly. Yeah. So that's pitch black, being at, on on water at night is terrifying. Mm. Yeah, it is quite hard to trace the the origin of the myths of the Kraken just because they were generally word of mouth myths proliferate, pro, fuck me, amongst sailors at the time. Um, so just kind of chatted about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also like the Kraken myth goes right the way back to like fucking Roman time. Um, 
yeah, Roman times and Greek times. Mm -hmm. They so had like, a lot of ocean yeah, sailing things. There's, yeah, there's yeah. more myths in here that I specifically found references to in Greek mythology. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I was just looking it up. No, the first, like, giant squid they have, like, a body of was in 18, 1856. So, like, it's, they've had, they've, we've been looking at giant squids for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, like, do you know giant squids aren't even, like, the biggest type of squid? No. Mm. It's, like, the colossal squid or some shit yeah. like that. They're, like, slightly bigger. Yeah, it's um, it's great. But basically, I just love the idea of people finding these bodies and being like, "That ain't it." There's bigger, <laughs> bigger things down there. I've <laughs> that seen ain't it. it, chief. I still love that we've never tagged one, so we don't even know if they're an active predator or, or a, a passive predator. It's mm. great. We just don't know about. We them. don't know about. We they we still don't know what the fuck that. We Let's get, get this out of the way. There's more of the unexplored ocean Sorry, beneath okay. us than there is land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like the ocean. I love the ocean too. That's why I'm doing this fucking episode. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the ocean's crazy, man. But did you hear about? No. <laughs> On the other hand, uh -huh. the black spot is used in the movies to show someone's being ta targeted by Davy Jones and by extension the Kraken, as Davy Jones in the movies commands the Kraken. Um, the spot finds its origins actually in what I mentioned before, Treasure Island, the classic uh, novel, which uh, the spot was handed to someone as a guilty judgment on a piece of paper. Mm. So essentially it was a, a statement of judgment um, that was then reinterpreted by the Disney writers into this sort of doomed sailor myth thing and has since been used by, I think, a couple of other um, IPs and things like that. But Did, Dave, enough, did yeah. Davy Jones give it out? Davy Jones... No, 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 no. It was given out by people on. I, I actually don't know in Treasure Island. I didn't research it hard is, enough. Is David Jones a real person? Because we haven't said yes or no yet. Funnily enough, Davy Jones and David Jones, the supermarket, are the same people, actually. <laughs> Legit? Yeah, no. Is David. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to lie to the audience, not lie to us, <laughs> each other. <laughs> make it too easy for me. <laughs> is. Is. Um, is David Jones just Australian thing? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah. Is that a clothing brand for anyone who doesn't know? It's not a clothing brand. It's a set department of store. major department stores. Think, think. Uh, <laughs> actually, I don't it's know like, what the Americans. Like Bentles, if you're in England. Um, Any sort of big like, place that sells majority clothes. Majority yeah. clothes, homewares, random other shit. David Jones is what we're yeah. referencing. I yeah. can't even. I can't. Even was David Jones American. a real person? Um, debatable. I get to it later. Okay, 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 okay. Because David Jones it. isn't actually in this movie. He's in a later movie. Oh, I forgot we're still on the first movie. Yeah, no, we're still on the second movie. He's in the second movie. He shows up, but he's doesn't show up before the Kraken and the Black Spot shows up. Fair. Um, because if you remember, actually, the Black Spot was given by Bootstrap Bill Turner yes, to uh, Jack Sparrow. He, not he, he gave him he gave him a good hand fondle. And then when he took his hand he gave away. gave him a hand job, and yeah. now he has a black spot on it. He's going to get eaten by a giant squid. That's how it works. Mm. That, that is how if it works. If you have a black spot on your dick, you'd probably get it checked Jesus out. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> anyway, um, beyond this, we have... I, I don't, I'm not going to go too deep into the plot of the movie, but the the a general gist of it is that there's the people trying to compete to try and track down Davy Jones's heart, yep. as well as uh, trying to find help from Calypso and a couple of... It's a complicated movie, which is why I'm so sure about the second one. Yeah, everyone's trying to get Davy Jones. Everyone's trying to do a bunch of shit to Davy Jones. Everyone's trying to yeah. go like, hey, Davy Jones. Trying to riz up Davy Jones. That's yeah, what riz, they're trying to get his heart. that motherfucker up. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of rizzing up Daisy, Davy Jones, uh, Tia Dalma, who is a, uh, a woman that we meet in the movie, um, is a mysterious character who uh, does some magic stuff to the for the crew and things like that. Um, is revealed later to be uh, the in the movie the goddess Calypso, hmm. um, imprisoned by the pirate court many years ago. In her history, how yeah, they do that? Yeah, with some bullshit well because <laughs> actually because Davy Jones told them how to if you remember the movies 
Oh yeah, mm. I remember that scene when she's like locked up. Yeah, and he's like, and she's like, "You, you bastard, Davy Jones." Davy Jones, you, you bastard! You fucked my shit up. <laughs> you really gave it away. Oh no, Davy Jones. Is this bad? No, this accent. Wait, I mean, if we were deliberately doing it to make fun of the Jamaican accent, which it, it, that is what it is, we're just quoting sure, one of our favorite. But no, movies. we're just quoting the movie and imitating a, the character. It's a great movie. It's a great. Such a the voice. One one thing that doesn't isn't talked about enough. The like accents and voices are so iconic in Captain. Oh, they're incredible! All of the voices are incredible. I mean, the 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 um, Jack Sparrow, you know, slurring and shit is is fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah, and the whole like sea legs thing going on. Yeah, even even yeah. Barbosa, Barbosa. Oh, mm, so good. Mm, mm. Lots of good, lots of good voices. Anyway, back mm. to Tiadalma or Calypso. Um, in history, her myth actually came from Homer's Odyssey, um, which is a great read if you haven't got around to it. Um, <laughs> Did you say Homer's Odyssey or Homer's Odyssey? He definitely Homer's said, Odyssey. He he definitely said, said Homer's Odyssey. Sorry, man. Freudian slip. I'm sorry. <laughs> the gay Odyssey, baby. <laughs> um, anyway, here in the in the in the myth, uh, she is a nymph who guards the island of Ogilgia, waiting for Odysseus to come home, where uh, she will make him uh, Odysseus ship of. No, these yes, fuck. Sorry. That's right. Um, making she will make Greek references, dude. We're getting to it. The Greek references come later, um, where she will make him her immortal husband. Um, her interpretation of the movie puts her much more as a pirate goddess rather than what she is in the book, which is a, a sea nymph. Um, mm. But regardless, um, she makes the her god place as uh, on the ocean. Interestingly, is she's kind of a good god, but that's debatable but what she actually does is make the sea a more unruly place uh, a place where only the bravest of pirates could survive off the sweat of their own back and stuff um with her imprisoned as the uh, original pirates court did um it was much easier to take over large areas of the sea um but it opened the door for more quote-unquote normal people to sail it as well such as english noblemen and traders which is what an amount of the second movie's plot is focused around is trying to take back the ocean from these unruly english Invaders, they do That's get everywhere. Interesting, actually, that that on the that like in law, no one could settle it because the the sea had it protected, and then they, the fucking pirates fucked it up. Yeah, exactly. The pirates let all the fucking settlers. Yeah, well, they were like, well, it's going to be easier for us to conquer things, and then the English people were like, hey, all those random massive fuck off storms and waves have stopped. Let's go trade shit. Anyway, good times. But um, <laughs> this is interesting because uh, it introduces the idea of her. Uh, uh, one of the things that's interesting about her god interpretation in this is it introduces the idea of what's referred to in the movies as a heathen god, which means a real god, but it exists outside of the normal religions, being here Christian Islamism and the Jewish faith. Um, this includes gods from the Aztec faith, um, sea gods in Greek mythology, such as Poseidon, and other mythological god concepts, such as Teodama or Calypso, which I think is really interesting, because like, hmm. it's not like her power is questioned in the movie. She turns into a giant and makes the sea go fucking crazy. She's a god outright, but she's still referred to as a heathen god because she's not the Christian god. Yeah. So they're just kind of like, yeah, they're gods. We accept that. But they're not our gods. So they're the heathen gods. Like, so that's that, great. Does that imply all the other gods like Poseidon is real as well? Poseidon is real. In our world, actually. We in met our him. world. We met him, remember? We're not telling that story. We are no. telling that story. <laughs> <laughs> we once we once were on a no, beach. No, 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 leave it, leave it. We leave, leave, leave it for Poseidon's yeah, story? Yeah, yeah. We'll, leave it for a, we'll leave it for a, a Patreon extra. We are not doing them right now, so... That's fine, we'll do them in the future, save it. <laughs> go, go ahead, guy, continue. 
Uh, anyway, so yes, this includes yeah Aztec faith gods, sea gods, other mythological gods. So there are known gods in this universe. They're just the heathen gods. Whereas the Christian god, who I'm disappointed is never seen in the movies, I know, right, is yeah. the real god, which I think that's fucking hilarious. He's, he's canon. <laughs> I too looked forward to seeing Aslan in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> the idea that popped into my head while I was writing this was, what if I wrote a D&D cleric who believed in christianity the one true god and all of the gods of the DD universe were the heathen gods they might be real they might be people that worship them but they're heathens to me <laughs> i couldn't give a fuck but yeah. like what's what's the difference between like a, a heathen god and a really good wizard or witch you know what i mean that's true they like just level of power i think so yeah yeah well, I think it also depends on whether they dissolve into like a mysterious force in the air like calypso does when she's not bound to her human body she just disappears yeah, that is pretty true. godly. She turns into crabs, actually. She does turn into crabs. Actually, yeah, you've <laughs> she does turn into a giant pile of crabs. Um, anyway, moving on, we then move to Davy Jones, as you were asking for before. What is... He's doing crab moves. Um, however, we move on to Davy Jones and the Flying Dutchman. Now, historically, yes. Davy Jones and the Flying Dutchman were sailor myths um, about evil undead god of the sea. I mentioned Calypso being the good god of the sea. Um some interpretations say Davy Jones is the evil god of the sea. How those two myths coalesced into that, I fucking who knows. But it is what I could see. Um, the actual origin of these ideas are historically contentious, I found out, with people debating where exactly they came from. But Davy Jones's locker and Davy Jones himself boil down to the idea of evil sea god and place where sailors go when they drown. Mm-hmm. It's not really much more complicated than that, which is kind yeah. of disappointing. I was hoping for some, like, you know, ties into mythology or something like that, but it really boils down to an old story of a cursed uh, sailor who, who sunk to the bottom of the ocean and now rules it. Yeah, well, specifically also the Flying Dutchman is the idea of a ghost ship, which was a thing for, that sailors often would see because obviously being on the ocean, there's a lot of fog and stuff like that. So if you see a weird ship slide by mysteriously fast in the distance, or you think you see a ship, which sailors are likely to misimagine they saw ships... Mm. Uh, yeah, anyway, that. But there's like uh, ghost ships like that actually existed are really interesting. Ships that like have rocked up or have been like found by other other ships with no crew on it. Yeah. Oh, and in one, completely yeah. like yeah. good shape. That's even a modern myth. That's some of the, the bullshit. so interesting. Hey, it's like, really cool. like everyone just either got collective madness and jumped overboard or some mutiny happened and it went wrong. Like mm-hmm. something crazy. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's like, mm. that's a real scary myth. Yeah. That's a real scary myth. Mm. My favorite Dutchman, Flying Dutchman, is the one from Spongebob. I knew you'd fucking say that. <laughs> I knew you were asking about it for a what's, reason. What's it in Spongebob? Flying Dutchman. Flying Dutchman and Davy Jones, they're characters in Spongebob. They're, they're just goofier. Oh, okay. They're really scary. Sure. To, for, for context, Jude had never didn't have a childhood and never watched any childhood shows. No, he had a childhood. It was just Scooby-Doo. That's true. That's a good childhood. Honestly. Moving on. We also have to come across another concept right at the end of the movie, which I think is an interesting historical tidbit, which is pirate pardons. Um, A disgraced Captain James Norrington in the film is given Mm. a pardon, uh, which he is given the right to sail as a privateer in the King's Navy. This is a real historical idea, which I'm sure many people know about, but for those who don't, it was basically the idea that the English went, hey, pirates, you're cool to keep doing exactly what you're doing. Just send us some of the money. And then you can do it legally. Technically, they were supposed to primarily target foreign ships. But did they? Nah. <laughs> I was going to say. 
they were fully supposed to only target certain nation ships, but... Oh, whoopsie, their, their Union Jack wasn't up. Oopsie. They didn't have serial uh-huh. numbers on the doubloons. They, they, they sounded they sounded French from across the water. Oopsie. We blew up their whole ship and took We could money. only see they had a Union Jack after, after we killed them all. Sorry. Which is actually William, William the Kid you mentioned earlier. Yep. That was his whole thing. He kept, like, attacking British ships. Well, a couple of times he attacked British ships and was like, haha, oopsie, thought they were French or Spanish. I forget which Friend one. idiot. And they're like, hmm, okay, we'll give you this one. And then he did it again was like, haha, oops. And they're like, oh, you're pushing your luck, mate. And then he did it. Anyway. It's incredible. Imagine being so good at pirating that they're fine with you killing a couple <laughs> ships. Like, yeah. he's, he must be really good. Like, they're bringing in, he's bringing in good taxes. <laughs> I mean, the split generally, as historically understood, was one-fifth to the crown, four-fifths to the ship. Which I think is very interesting because if you actually then look at pirate wages, which uh, SCP Grey has excellent videos on, um, there's all sorts of bits and pieces about that. Anyway, um, that's a very interesting subpart which led to this very weird semi-legal piracy thing. Mm. Pirates hated privateers because they were selling out to the enemy and legal people hated them because they were pirates and the government didn't do anything about them. Um, but yes, a very interesting historical tidbit, if you didn't know mm. about that. The mm. government letting people do bad things for their own interest? What? what? That's crazy. Crazy. Anyway, that's the end of that movie. Um, is there any things from that movie that you can remember that you want to ask about? No? No? Okay, we're moving on. I assume is it's still going to come movie? up. That's the second movie. Has, has there been any um, historical recallings of people putting their hearts in the chest? Uh, not successfully. <laughs> They probably got the heart out. I don't know if they got it in the chest, but... Maybe if they just, like, let it fall yeah, they, they yeah, fell onto the yeah, chest. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there were private brutalizations that were part of their terror of the sea, and I think that might be how that was inspired, is, like, the idea of, like, carting out hearts and stuff like that as pirate terrorism, essentially. Um, but in, in terms of actual historical thing, that's that's Disney making up shit for their thing. That's the law, baby. One thing I'm actually, I actually thought about as a really... My, might be a good question... Sword fighting. We see a ton of it, right? Yes. We see a like, great sword fight. Yes. Are there like recordings of people doing really cool sword fights? Yes, absolutely. Or well, not really cool sword fights, but they definitely sword fought. Okay, so they, that definitely happened. They definitely yeah. they have guns. Yeah. And a yeah. Re- yeah, they had guns. They had muskets, they though. Fight with- oh, I guess it's... Not- Sing- they're not automatic weapons, baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's not racking up an AK-47. They have, like, they have like pistols? Uh, muskets, Mus- generally. So they were the- Muskets so and rifles. So okay. single shot, um, tampered powder... Uh, setups. Which so once someone bored you, it's not really useful to use them. Yeah, it usually took a. I mean, the quick loader could probably load it in maybe a minute, maybe thirty seconds to a minute. But any normal person would take up to two, three minutes to load a gun properly in a way that would fire consistently. So not particularly Does useful anyone... when the ship's person's in front of you. You know, also remarkably inaccurate muskets. Yeah. <laughs> Did anyone fight on top of the sails? In the rigging, probably not as much as shown in pirate movies. That was very much popularized in the 50s and 60s by the Errol Flynn era of, you know, the swashbuckling, the stunts and that sort of stuff. But, uh, I mean, probably at some point. I mean, there were people up in the pirates, ne- in the in the um, crow's nest, so I don't doubt that there was probably a fight on some beams and something at some point. I like the idea of they've killed all the rest of the crew and there's one guy in the crow's nest going, you'll never take me alive! Just, just, stabbing, <laughs> just down. stabbing down the hole. Yeah, what are you going to do? How, how are they going to get to him? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. are you going to do? Not without damaging the ship, I guess. I exactly. was thinking, like, throw dynamite up, but no. That's... Yeah, or, like, take down the Mars. That's the only way to take them down. Yeah, it's fucked <laughs> It'd be pretty funny if they just, like, took down the Mars and tip them into the sea. No! <laughs> the third movie we get to, At World's End. Yay! We move on now to talking about uh, the pirate underworld, which is introduced at the start of this movie, uh, Davy Jones' Locker. Um, the initial goal of the crew in this movie is to uh, 
save a now killed Jack, da Captain Jack from Davy Jones's locker, the pirate underworld we discussed before. In the movies, um, it's very much a place where cursed pirates go, those eaten by the Kraken or otherwise claimed by the sea is the concept. So the idea there is that Jack still owed a debt to Davy Jones, which is why he ended up there rather than proper purgatory. Because if you remember the plot of the movie, um, Barbosa actually gets revived by Tia Dalma or Calypso. Mm. But then Calypso goes, can't actually get Jack, sorry. It's because he's in the underworld, in Davy Jones' locker. It's not yeah. a proper afterlife, it's like a purgatory. Yeah, yeah. So did Barbosa go to a proper afterlife? Barbosa went to a proper afterlife. He had no debts, he had no curses, because he just had the curse removed off his body and he died by getting shot, so he just went to a normal afterlife. Yeah. Dear, does that mean Elizabeth's dad could have been resurrected by Calypso? Hypothetically, yes. But also, if you actually watch the movie, you'll note that he doesn't ask to be brought back to the ship when they are in the underworld. I remember him saying that in a small bite. I don't remember exactly. I haven't seen this. Actually, I've honestly only seen the first one recently. I haven't seen the last one in like years. The, the, the next one's in years. Does he die in the second one? No, he's in the third one. The third one. Yeah. It's during the scenes where they're in Davy Jones' locker that they actually see him. Yeah, they see the him thing. on a ship. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Because right near the start, him and a whole bunch, uh, a whole ship of redcoats get killed by Davy Jones' correct, people. Correct, correct. Yeah. Anyway, um, so it's a version of uh, Purgatory, essentially, mm. which I think is quite interesting. Um, mm. Other aspects are just how to get to and from the locker, weird rock crabs and other things. Uh, <laughs> don't have any specific written backstory, but um, if someone could prove me wrong, I'd love to hear about it. But uh, as far as I could see, there wasn't too much detailing on that. Just a nice, cool thing put in the movie. Correct. In, he, did, he, did, he was going insane in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was already insane, to be fair. But fair. anyway, coming back from the David Jones locker uh, involves a number of steps, including turning a ship over and a bunch of other things. But mm. one of the other things that I thought was quite interesting is it mentions seeing the green flash. Um, this is a real-world optical illusion, a real optical phenomena, which occurs for a few seconds as the sun dips to its lowest part in the sky. Um, there's a couple of these phenomena. They're usually based on specific um, requirements, whether it be specific levels, elevations, um, a haziness in the air, lots of different bits and pieces. Um, so the most extreme subset are called the green ray, which are best seen during hazy conditions at sea level, which, uh, funnily enough, is likely to be something seen by pirates and sailors, hence why they are part of pirate mythology and superstition. The film specifically claims that the observer cannot go wrong in matters of heart, um, but a bunch of different other versions of what it means exists from terrible omen, you're going to die, to you're going to have the best luck ever, to... I don't fucking know, other stuff. So I do love when people are just in a situation where you have not much information and you just find look for any sign that either the world's going to go to shit mm. or you're going to be good. Just whatever sign you need at the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow, that seagull shat on the, the helm of the ship. We got this, baby! Yeah, boy! <laughs> yeah, boy! Yeah, I mean, seagulls being a, a mark of luck. I mean, Moby Dick and that sort of stuff. It's an incredible mm -hmm. set of... Yeah, <laughs> sailors had a bunch of weird shit that they believed. Because yeah. one of the funny things that I also found from researching this is a bunch of the articles that were like, the real-life way that pirates lived, pirates of the Caribbean, blah, 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 was like nearly all of them made the point piracy was actually really fucking boring most of the time because yeah. you spent weeks to months at a time just diddling around the ocean you go into port you buy some food you fuck off again because who knows when you'll next see a, a load-bearing trade ship ready to what take thing, like if you think about how big the ocean is the um, the population that we actually would have had back then compared to these days how likely it would be for you to actually see a ship on the horizon if you start beelining towards them, them to not just completely change course while you're still miles away from... Like, there's so many things for you to... Yeah. Newsflash from Living by the Law. See big. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Holy That's shit. crazy. 
Did you? I I heard it. I have not checked fact checked this, but no. I, I heard it work that um Australia is something that a lot of not a lot of other countries don't really have. It's called long service leave, yeah. which was um other places don't have that. Apparently not. Amber. Um, but which is like if you get like I think it's five or ten years the same place they give you a uh t- extra time off, and apparently that was supposed to be enough time to get back to England. Oh fuck yeah, that's great to go to England and back. There you go. So apparently, I, I, this is not confirmed. This is what I heard from someone at work, which is I think really interesting. Ocean big, ocean big. I'm so ocean glad. Ocean big enough that we got extra holidays out of it. <laughs> my my ADHD <laughs> is not good. <laughs> I'm so glad that we don't have to do sea travel. Yeah, I would be oh, mad. Man. I'd stay in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's actually fun just when I, whenever I go back to England, talk to relatives over there or whatever, and they go, "Wait, how many fucking public holidays do you get every year?" And I'm like. Oh yeah, there are a few. And they're like, we got like three. I keep I keep talking to my New Zealand friends. Like, what are you doing today? And I'm like, oh, it's public holiday. Why? There's a sporting event on. <laughs> the, horse, the horses are racing. Are you watching them? No. No. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, it's the grand final tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because if the grand final's on a Saturday, then we don't get the day off for that. So if we had a public holiday for it, we need to like use that public holiday. So it goes to grand final eve. So that's a public yeah. holiday. We have to get ready for the parties. Yeah. Australians are really good at taking time off. <laughs> yeah. It's one of our best. In- Australia has a day off for the monarch's birthday when England doesn't. It's always my funniest one. <laughs> <laughs> you you get to see her every oh him now you get to see him every day we get to think about a one day a year. <laughs> one day a year we devote everyone to the guy everyone in here. Australia just stops and thinks about the king for half a day yeah <laughs> that's all that happens that's really what we do on that holiday <laughs> yeah it is it is we don't do anything else okay so yeah the next thing okay final piece from the from what I thought was notable out of this film uh, is an interesting thing which I think is quite funny when you actually put any amount of thought into it um, mm. the pirate kings and the nine pieces of eight. <laughs> um, in the actual movie it's used as mentioned before Calypso is imprisoned and uh, the English are taking over the ocean so the pirates convene to discuss uh, releasing Barbosa, uh, Barbosa to releasing Calypso so that she can make the seas evil again make them make them hard to conquer um, to fuck the English to fuck the English yeah uh, and in doing so they need the nine pieces of eight from the pirate kings um as you might imagine, the I pirate... love that there's nine pieces of eight as well. It's yeah, it's great. My favorite thing. It's a delightful little tidbit. <laughs> it's just funny. Obviously, as any amount of thought would presume, there is no fucking evidence of like pirate lords and a pirate king, because in my script here, I have written it's similar to saying that there are goth lords and a goth king. It's a culture. It's not a group. See, if you'd watched Lord of the Rings, you would know that there is a goth king. But anyway. You're not ready for that. I'm not ready for that, apparently, because I didn't get the reference. Um, it's, however... It's Grima. Grima Wormtongue. That's not going to fucking he's help a, me. He's not a king. He's such a king. Oh, my God. He's, he's, a, he's, he's a worm. You, you clearly are not up to date on your Lord of the Rings memes. He's horrible. I hate him. Excellent. <laughs> however, Late each pirate... is the hours. Each pirate of the nine pirate lords who hold the pieces of eight are actually vaguely based on some historical uh, backing or are <laughs> featured characters, um, which prompted me to actually look into some of the featured characters and realise that actually they have historical backing as well. So I'm hmm. going to do a quick fire round through them after I allow you to chat. Before we go into that, I think we should bring back things like this. We should have, like, the trucker kings. We should have, like... <laughs> <laughs> the the trading card king the nine podcast lords <laughs> we are nowhere near that list no of course we're not but we're part of the pirate 
council. No, court. The twelve table tennis mistresses. I don't know, like the table tennis lords. <laughs> yeah, some shit. They need to be like we need to bring back. Or like, like you know how you have like the eight gym leaders. You need, to, <laughs> you need to conquer each one. Who could be the champion? Oh, we the gym lead. Pr- yeah, we need to bring back. I don't care about a ranking. I don't care if you're ranked first in the world in tennis. I don't give a shit. I want you to know, are you a king and who are your who are your peers under you? Yeah, and what you're saying is you want to return to feudalism. But in in a cultural way. I I think hobbies should have a feudalism system because it's based off not a democracy of voting, it's based off who is better. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, they shouldn't have to kill each other. That'd be a little much. I was just fencing. Fencing, they should kill each other. So, in your <laughs> head canon here, yes, what ha- goddess has the uh, nine tennis lords imprisoned? Federer. Federer. <laughs> Federer is a god of tennis, and no yeah, one can, yeah. can, can tell me yeah, otherwise. Fair enough. They accidentally released him, and he has wrecked havoc the next <laughs> like twelve years. You know what, Federer, Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic. Even though Djokovic is a bit of a cunt. Um, are all three the three kings of fucking tennis? Yeah, I don't they care are. What anyone they says. Actually, no. There is there is other things. The um the four Smash gods. So Smash Brothers Melee has uh, the four gods, which are like the four best players on the in, huh. on the planet, and yeah. like the next ones below them aren't even close to their skill level. Like the only people who have a chance of beating the four gods, four gods, five gods. I don't. I haven't checked on my Smash lore recently. Like they are the only ones who can beat each other, but no one from below that list beats them. If anyone does, it's a whole fucking thing. That's what I'm saying. We should start calling them cool shit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like the Pirate King. <laughs> anyway, if we actually look at the scene of the Pirate Lords as they go around the table trying to vote on a Pirate King in the in the actual movie, um, there is actually an interesting rundown for each of them. So, quick rundown for each of the pirates that are on there. We come across Ahmad, the Corsair of the Black... The Corsair of the Black Sea. Um, he was loosely based on a pair of pirate brothers from the Ottoman Empire, uh, the Barbarossa... The Barbarossa brothers is what i believe their pronunciation is um they spent their time countering spanish invasions as well as uh, expanding the ottoman empire um there's chevalier the penniless frenchman who i fucking love he's uh, he's amazing um the inspiration for him apparently according to the directors was uh to a degree which surprised me steed bonnet um an already famous gentleman pirate of his own right if anyone hasn't seen our flag means death you should um or other examples of some rags to riches pirates um, there's other examples of Steed Bonnet, but essentially he was just a really literate, totally fine English guy who lost all of his money and was like, fuck it, I'll become a pirate, and was then very polite about it. Wait, so they made an Englishman into a Frenchman? Ooh, that's gonna hurt. I'm just quoting off of what I've found. And they made him 100% better. Ooh. Because he's French. Worse. Yeah. <laughs> so much worse. Wee, wee, wee. They had to make him more evil. This is the one episode where allowed... him. They had to make him more evil, uh-huh. so they made him French. Otherwise, it wouldn't Aren't be... Aren't the Pirates the good guys in the Pirates of Caribbean? Kind of. Yeah. So, so. And you know who's the evil guys? Davy Jones. The English. Davy Jones. <laughs> Honestly, Davy Jones is the one that I, I respect the most. He has a heart. Bad pronunciation warning incoming. But next up in our list is Sumbaji, um, who was based on loosely Kanhoji Angre. Kanhoji became known because of his attacks and eventual capture of many European uh, merchant ships to collect uh, to collect jacket, which was known by the locals as taxes. Basically, uh, he continued to do this until pretty much the end of his life, uh, during which he was regarded as one of the most skilled Indian Grand Admirals of all time. Like, incredible. And basically all he did as piracy was going around taxing English ships that sh- showed up in his water, which, base. Yeah. Hmm. 
next up we have Mistress Ching. Um, actually has very strict historical backing. Um, Ching Sin uh, was uh, known as Zheng Yi Sao and was active in the South China Sea from 1801 to 1810. Uh, she first came into power after her husband died, a pirate named Zheng Yi, um, and she took over his pirate confederation. Uh, before that, she was also known to be involved in some of the organization of it, which is why she transferred so easily into the leadership position. Um, but similarly to the film, um, Ching's uh, ships came into conflict with the East India Company fairly often, and she was a pretty well-known pirate captain. She is like such a badass. I've like I like her, watched a video about her uh, history, and she like she didn't even die. She like retired because the government was like. The government was she could take up she could destroy the government's uh, navy. So they're like, we will we will grant you freedom and a bunch of money and give all your people like free like fine you'll find a go um, if you like retire and we'll give you this house. And she's like, yeah, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. And she retired. Like she, she just fucked up. She was just huge. paid off to not do this she, anymore. She was so such a as as a queen. Uh, next up, we've got Gentleman Jacquard, um, who doesn't have a historical backing too too much, um, but is actually has a backstory in the law. Um, he was once a slave chef called Gombo. I don't know the pronunciation of that, but go for it. Um, who led a slave uprising on his ship. Jack Sparrow then offered him a place upon the Black Pearl, after which he went on uh, to become a fierce pirate in his own right. <laughs> um, it's possible that Jacquard is based on Caesar, who uh, it's not the Caesar, but is a Caesar. Um, oh, he's a salad guy. He's a salad guy. Yeah. Who was enslaved and eventually became a leader of a small fleet of pirates. Uh, Caesar operated during the Golden Age and uh, served on Blackbeard's ship at one point, um, which we'll mention later, Blackbeard. Um, however, his backstory has a lot of myths around it, which makes it very hard to actually mm. find accurate history about him. Um, mm. And obviously, Caesar's different from his slave trade origins to brute strength and intelligence. Uh, like, there's he he is. it's agreed upon that he was a slave at one point. He was very strong and very smart. Um, but that's about all the history that was known about that particular guy. And it's agreed that he invented the Caesar salad. Yeah. Ingr- indeed. Mm-hmm. Cut up that little bit of stale bread. That, what do you think it was stale for? It was on the pirate ship. Oh, yeah. Um, finally, in terms of unique pirates on the court, we have Venueva. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but he was pr- uh, just around a couple of different Spanish pirates at the time. No specific kind of origin for him, unfortunately. Which one's um, hmm? The, the character that was played by Keith Richards in the movie. The one that's Jack Sparrow's dad. Jack Sparrow's dad I yeah. didn't go into. I couldn't find much backing for it. It just seems like he's, again, another character in the story. Fair. I, I unfortunately didn't do any research into him. Um, I apologize for that. And then um, his little shrunken mum. And his little shrunken mum. Yeah. The other thing, though, I will point out that you've gotten wrong is he actually wasn't one of the pirate lords in the movie. Okay. He didn't actually vote. Uh, he yeah, was I the couldn't... keeper of the pirate's code. Yeah, I was just meaning he was there. I couldn't remember what his... He was there, yeah. yes. No, keeper of the pirate's code, not a actual person who was a pirate lord, unfortunately. There are more like guidelines. Um, the rest... He's got the... Okay, sorry, but <laughs> he's got the cruisiest job in the world, keeper of the code <laughs> of pirates. Like... Yeah. Like, I mean, to be to be fair, in the scene we're shown that he's also very scared, fearful, like very scared of <laughs> people are scared of him. Yeah, but yeah, also yeah. like okay, pirate code's got to change all the time. It's like a bro code; it changes yeah, a lot, yeah. and you got to keep that updated. You got to keep that shit updated. You, do. you think they didn't update Parlay after the first movie? Mm. <laughs> that shit is needs to be nerfed. That shit needs to be nerfed. That's overpowered. People people keep it exploiting. No Parlay, no Parlay. There's some big there's some big exploits around that shit, man. <laughs> The rest of the characters, are, the rest of the court are main characters, namely Elizabeth Swan and Jack Sparrow. But in in actually doing this, I my interest peaked, and I thought 
I should check out the origins of these particular characters, having assumed up until this point that they were just original characters made for the film. Mm. However, there are actually some interesting backstories. So Elizabeth Swan, um, rich English lady turned pirate, um, most likely draws her roots on Mary Reed and even Anne Bonny to some extent, uh, for people who know who they are, um, both famous famous English female pirates. <laughs> um, and also looking into it further... Jack Sparrow also has historical roots, likely being based on a guy called John Ward, who had the nickname The Sparrow. Um, he was known to be incredibly flamboyant, very eccentric, um, and was able to get out of some fucking insane shit, including one of his most famous exploits, taking the, give me a second, pronunciation warning, Reneria Ersoderina. Um, a great Argosy of 15, 14 or 1500 tons, a fucking leviathan of a ship um that was sailing along the turkish coast um with a cargo of silks indigo and cotton she was uh, so heavily laden that she couldn't even maneuver in light wind uh making her a sitting duck for ward and his nimble vessels um estimates put its value at the time between two million um and as the british reported it for insurance purposes half a million pounds uh, meaning it would be worth in today's raw value hundreds of millions of dollars how much of that is actually liquid debatable my conversion efforts also questionable but insane heist um jack is also very similar to calico jack a very unlucky pirate who's known uh, partially for having two female crewmates Mary Reed, who initially disguised as a man on his ship, uh, and also his lover, Anne Bonny. Mm. Which I think that's funny mm. because they're not together in the film, but that's mm. fine. I think that, yeah, that I didn't know there was so much history that actually went to the story of it themselves. That's why I did this episode because she, she has to actually disguise, she disguises a man to originally get yeah, on the ship. Yeah, Elizabeth, yeah. wow. Because it's bad luck to have a woman on a ship. It's historically bad. That's why I found this episode interesting because I was kind of like, oh, this seems like a throwaway name. Da -da 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 -da. Oh, it's a famous conquistador. Wonder how much of this is real. Um, so yes, but I like to have a woman show. I wonder where that came from. Do, do you think it came from like people just being sexist? I was going to say misogyny, <laughs> or or just the boys want to be boys. You know, I, I like to imagine it's the whole shit. We want to go away for boys weekend. Yeah. <laughs> oh no no, it's bad luck. It's, it's bad, bad luck. Bad babe. luck. It's bad Sorry, luck. the boys, 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 boys. <laughs> My love, why won't you marry me? We've been betrothed for many years, and you've been sailing with that other handsome man i ever so wish i could come with you on your voyage nah bad luck it's bad luck you can't come with don't worry about it why is he huddling you from behind he's keeping me warm you know i'm flying <laughs> i i think the boys just wanted to get away you know yeah and just what do you, i want to go out on a ship and sing songs with my friends is that so much to ask yeah yes oh, okay in this day in this day and age yes yeah um, beyond all that, those are our Pirates of the Brethren Court, and with this we leave this particular movie behind. Do you have mm. any questions on this particular set of set of myths, set of guys? Not particularly. Not particularly. Nothing? Isn't Blackbeard in this movie? Like, no, nope, he's the fourth one. in the fourth movie. Which I, is thought he was one of the, I thought he was one of the, the Pirate Kings. Oh. Nope, he gets introduced oh. in the fourth movie. I'm dumb. Yeah. Excellent. No, that's, that's why this episode Let's exists. Go. As we uh, leave this film behind, we move on to Stranger Tides because the movie's called On Stranger Ties. Anyway, this film has Jack and a crew uh, and his crew racing a Spanish crew as well as a British crew for the Fountain of Youth mm. on behalf of the king, um, which is actually, this film is the initial one that triggered this entire episode. So we begin with the central focus of the movie, the Fountain of Youth, and by extension, a pirate or conquistador called Ponce de Leon. 
The Fountain of Youth has been a mystery, a myth for as long as 26 centuries, with the first recorded tale of it being from 5th century BC from a Greek historian, Herodotus. Which, I, I again, Greek myths, great great basis for a lot of shit. Herodotus? I don't fucking know Herodotus how to sounds, pronounce sounds his fucking name. Herodotus is like super famous. He's yeah, like Herodotus. The, he's like the founder better. of history. I, I saw the word hero and pronounced the word hero oh. and then went with the rest of the word think, after yeah. that. He's like the dude that first recorded history and then started. Yeah, and yeah. The original tales of history have in them the I'm fountain of youth. I'm pretty sure there were historians before that. Yeah, but not good he's ones. Seen as like the, good. <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's like seen as the first written modern historian. Modern. The first white one, <laughs> most likely. I mean, probably not that white. Like Middle East, like Middle Eastern, Greek Isles, Mediterranean. Greek was pretty white. It wasn't. No, it's Mediterranean. Pretty, pretty back then. Yeah. Sorry, I need to do it. I need to check on my history. That's fair enough. <laughs> anyway, the myth we see is actually tied to someone who we hear a tidbit about in the movie, Ponce de Leon. Um, he was a famous Spanish conquistador and naval officer who was well known for a few things, such as leading the first expedition to Florida, weirdly enough, um, in America, but uh, also mistake. for searching for the Fountain of Youth. A really sad note here, which I was really disappointed to find out, is that the fountain part is most likely, most likely a myth, as there's no actual historical evidence from the time when he was alive that shows he was looking for it. Just word of mouth tales and legends. Um, a lot of historians say it was much more likely he was searching for a much more uh, useful gold, uh, similar to Cortez, um, which funnily enough is interesting because the two of them were co-workers. Hmm. Ponce de Leon was actually the one who suspended Cortez from the office of governor in New Spain and succeeded him. Okay. So is he a slightly better guy or still a cunt? Probably still a cunt. Still a, I would, I would, <laughs> I I like would put a lot a, of money I'm on it. I'm pretty sure all the conquistadors were just kind of cunts, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, not but, great. Um, back to the movie. Um, the, so actually, back to Ponce de Leon. The reason I mention him is because part of the, the, the things that are needed for the Fountain of Youth are a mermaid's tear and two silver chalices. The silver chalices of Ponce de Leon. The ship, the way they find them, is supposed to be Ponce de Leon's ship. Mm. It's supposed to tie into the myth that he was looking for them, which is why I was so sad when I found out that the myth, the Fountain of Youth thing is probably bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably it's probably like a reference that the chalice reference to like the what is it called the the Holy Grail because that's supposed to give you eternal youth, eh? Mm. As well, that's mm. one of the things that's supposed to be on the Oak Island money pit. Not a joke. The, the, Holy, the Holy Grail is on Oak Island. Get out there, guys. Get out there, guys. Get Go out dig there. in the sinkhole. Dude, hole. like everything's the, you, the key to Roswell's in Oak Island. If you bring us the Holy Grail, we'll have you on the podcast. The most <laughs> fucked up thing is that Oak Island has like got stuff on it. Like they found pirate gold and like other random shit. But more of the reason for why they found it is A, yeah, it's in the right location roundabout for pirates to be there. And B, people just kind of lose shit. So you'll find a coin occasionally if you dig the whole fucking island up, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, good times. Um, back to the movie. The race is between the Spanish Sparrow's crew on the Providence and a uh, more famous pirate who wishes to claim the fountain for his aging self, as mentioned by Matthew. Um, this pirate is none other than Blackbeard. Aye. Aye. Uh, Blackbeard is, of course, one of the most famous pirates that I'll mention today, more in his own right than because of the series. Many myths are perpetuated by the series. Blackbeard's just the pirate. Like, he is the pirate, with very good reason. Mm. Blackbeard's real name historically was Edward Teach, an English sailor and pirate for the majority of his life. His exploits are many, but uh, his name is remembered mainly for his style-defining def persona being the fucking epitome of a pirate. Uh, his fierce black beard earned him his nickname, and his ship, the Queen Anne's Revenge, was a pilfered French slave ship turned into a fierce vessel with over 40 guns and 300 men. Uh, his most notable exploit being uh, taking the port town of Charlestown hostage with his own fleet. 
Um, it was a major port town, so no small feat. Uh, and uh, for this amazing feat, uh, he was left as one of Pirate's major legends, with his name still known commonly today. Um, interesting tidbit about the holdup of the port town. He was uh, asking for medicine, which kind of gets blown over sometimes. He was actually not super violent by most historical records like he certainly made examples of people but he much preferred to use his appearance as a threat rather than actually violating people mm -hmm. where he could he of course did when he was holding charlestown specifically go i'll cut people's fucking head off and send them to the king if you don't give me what i want but how much of that was bullshit how much of that was real mm -hmm. how many times in history do you think rulers have gotten heads in the mail <laughs> more than they probably should have <laughs> More uh, than the current day ones do, I hope. I hope. <laughs> fucking hell. Hey, you can't, you I don't know. The service is not what, do you think, what do you think Chuckles has got going on in his fucking basement? Who's Chuckles? I'm scared so, now. I'm so disappointed. King Charles, it's his nickname. I've never heard that nickname. I haven't heard that nickname. Either. Have you not? Yeah, no. King Charles, Chuckles. I've, I've, it's common around my house, I don't know. I was thinking Chuckles. Chucky from the Chucky series. I'm yeah. like, oh, damn. You're not thinking about fucking clown from one piece. Buggy? Buggy. 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 I have only watched up, up to that episode. I'm not very far in. You haven't? Oh, yeah, okay. Anyway, put that aside. Um, his character in Pirates of the Caribbean is also interesting in its own right, as in lore, he's shown to have a magical ship and voodoo powers. Yeah, that was kind of a... Honestly, if there was one thing I could remove from that movie to, in my opinion, drastically increase the quality of it, would be to make Blackbeard just a pirate. But like Jack has a the the Jack has a magic ship. It yeah, can change the but, the winds. Yeah, but 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 there's a difference between like the very soft magic of oh his compass points where he wants it and to go and his ship's real fast and his ship's quite far compared to I tap a sword in the ground and the ship literally goes woo and ties people up and throws people around and becomes alive. But that like shit's the... Monster House. No, Monster House is the fifth movie where the ship literally eats other ships. That's true, actually. That's also true. <laughs> that's, that's literally Monster This is House. one thing that also intrigued me about looking into it is I was like, okay, the first movie goes, we've got Cursed Pirate Gold and Jack's Compass and Jack's Ship. And that's mm. basically all the MacGuffins we get. Mm. So it's not that magical. Like, there's some hints of some weird shit, but it's not, like outright every single scene involves casting spells and shit. Oh my god, the yeah. fifth one is the one in, is the insane one, isn't it? Yes, correct. Yeah. Oh fuck, of course. So the thing that happens don't worry, I don't do too much about it because a lot of it's just lore from the movies and I'm doing this more as a historical tidbits type thing. But the the interesting thing to me was the fact that the like increasing power scaling in Pirates of the Caribbean because it got taken over by other writers and I think they went, oh the, pirate, the magic bits are the cool bits. And it's like yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Like, the, the magic parts make yeah. a lot of it unique in pirate lore, but it's not, like, yeah. the thing I'm coming for. It was it was that it was so small and tidbitty that made it, you know. Yeah, it more served as an accent than the primary yeah. shit, yeah. which the fifth movie fucking falls and tumbles straight it, into. It, it does. It's, it, yeah, it's not about the magic. It's about pirates and the characters that we're following, and magic makes it, makes put some interesting situations. Yeah, yeah, and cunning and, you know, all that sort of bullshit, yeah. You know, I don't know if you have it in the in the script, and I don't know if it's true, but I I heard I heard a lot of facts I hear. I don't confirm. Tell me about you, what the facts you've heard. I've heard that Blackbeard at the end of his life sold sold his crew into slavery for for his own freedom. I am unaware of this so particular tight. myth, but well, I, I wouldn't will, doubt it. I may research while you continue. That's totally fine. Don't type too loud. Um, but so interestingly enough, so yes, he has magical bullshit yeah. that goes yeah. on. His power to control the ship is both of them have reasons. Quote unquote. 
quote, mm. um, which is the reason that he can control his ship is because he has the sword of Triton. Triton being one of the children of Poseidon. Um, there are three gems of Triton and one of them is embedded in the sword. Triton specifically is the god more of sailing than the sea. So mm. the, the idea is he has a sailing themed magic artifact yeah. essentially. So yeah. yeah, there's some reason. Yeah, I'll give yeah. them some backstory, but also they don't explain that in the film. So yeah. go fuck yourself. Yeah. The fact that I care and find it out does not excuse the fact that it's not... Anyway, yeah. ranting. The voodoo also is an accepted part of his lore in the movie, but there is no background given for when or where yeah. he learnt this. Um, but between the voodoo and the sword, he could bring men back from the dead, create voodoo dolls, control his own ship with the flick of his wrist, and take captured ships and place them in bottles, which he did with the sword. Um, note that uh not that that creates any issues for jack because he can get the ship out of the bottle with random items as he says as he's walking off at the end of the film which i think is extremely funny because it's actually canonical in law he didn't actually get it out of the bottle barbosa took blackbeard's sword after he died and just got it out of the bottle for jack which is incredible yeah how much yeah, things yeah. have jack sparrow been like ah, i did a, I did it with a goat and some string um and it's like no and it's no. like no someone else just did it for him like getting off the island when he was first marooned there he just got picked up by some uh, smugglers mm. uh, uh getting a ship out of the bottle you know yep. a bunch of other ones yep. how yep. much of jack sparrow is mythology and how much is real yeah Anyway, it's fallen for... Oh, I don't want to get into a Doctor Who thing here, but it's fallen too much for the myth of its own characters where they're the coolest and best yeah. people ever. Yeah. And that's what the later movies fall into a little bit. But that's okay. That's a, that's a separate rant for a rant episode. We need to do rant episodes. No, we don't. We do. Anyway, so that's that's Blackbeard as a general yes. term. Is there any anything you wanted to know? Um, about him in the, in the thing he's a big character but there's not yeah. much lore wise he's just kind of a cool dude who has he's a he's kind of honestly in my I feel like it's kind of one of those things where in the first three movies there's stuff we can go ah oh, that's interesting oh that's interesting how that kind of relates to that historical thing and find fun tidbits the Blackbeard that we get in Stranger Tides is so far removed and magical and just different from anything even close the only thing he shares is that his ship is called the queen anne's revenge he has a beard that's black mm -hmm. and he's a little bit brutal i guess yeah he, and like <laughs> but the problem is that it falls for the fact that he yeah. had the myth of being brutal it was more yeah. of an image than anything else so yeah yeah yeah, it, yeah. It, how much they respected it debatable but yeah exactly that's what i mean yeah it's, it's yeah it's all right but another myth from the show which i'll touch on quickly unless matt had something to say about what he's discovered I have not found this, but I have found that he freed a lot of slaves, but also sold a lot of slaves. <laughs> and also, yeah. um, apparently he met his death, his end, at a, in a sword fight. And then he was shot five times and given 20 deep cups. And then his body was thrown overboard and his head was severed and strung to the bow of the ship. Yeah, yeah there yeah. were myths about Blackbeard that he had proliferated. Me, proliferated with mm. his terror which were like i'm unkillable i'm you know he tried to make the things in the movie that are shown to be real yeah. like part of his image of terror like he's magic he can do all this sort of shit and so therefore when he got caught and captured they were like all right let's fucking behead him <laughs> let's I've, just make sure <laughs> i've heard like tales of um of how they used to have like voodoo guys on pirate ships. Is that real? Did they used to have people like that? Yes, in some small circumstances, but there's not a shitload of historical evidence for it. Like, and beyond that, like what difference they made wasn't necessarily fully recorded. Well, it's vibes, you know? No, no, correct. But like, that means that there's less likely to be full recorded accounts of the voodoo guy on board. 
it's more just like a thing that happens sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I was seeing if there's any any like historical thing. Yes, there is. There is to some degree. Most of the time, it was more just captured slaves trying to not get sold. Yeah, I'll do some voodoo stuff. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And then you don't kill me. And then you don't kill me. It'd Thanks, be really guys. good. Woo. Anyway, uh, final part from the fourth movie that I'll touch yep. on is yep. mermaids. Uh, Similar yes. to the Kraken, the mermaid has its origins in mythology, um, with the earliest mentions being from around... Actually, no, not similar to the, myth, the Kraken. I was going to say similar to uh, Calypso. The mm. mermaid has its origins in mythology. Um, the earliest of which are from around the 1390s, with the original idea actually dating back to sirens. Sirens came before mermaids. Um, sirens were from Greek mythology. Mermaids are more modern, which are essentially just a version of sirens that don't outright murder you. It's more just a study of what sirens are. It's kind of a weird, wonky topic, but that's kind of a classic thing of old mythology growing new legs and new interpretations and things. Yeah. Interesting. Um, the I don't have time to dive too deep on full history mm. of mermaids because it would just be a discussion of the Greek myth. Um, yeah. But an interesting speculation exists that what some sailors were actually seeing, specifically Christa Colum Christopher Columbus while he was exploring the Caribbean, uh, were manatees. Dugong. Dugong. Dugongs and manatees. He saw a big human-shaped thing wandering around on the beach and then it just kind of went in the water. He's like, that's a fucking mermaid, man. I don't know what's it's going on. It's got a big tail and it kind of looks like it has hands. Like it has hands. They're really and cute. And a face. They're really good. I like yeah, them. Sea cows. Yeah, good guys. Good guys. <laughs> they are. They look, like, they look like I could have a beer with them, you know? That's true. I could have a beer with it. Okay, I, okay. Top okay. ten. I'm gonna be honest. Animals to have a beer with. Top <laughs> the top one immediately. I do not care what you think. You're wrong. The walrus is the best animal to have a beer with if we're talking about aquatic creatures. I have a beer with. I w okay. That's true. But if I had to like see animals, I'd want. I want a seal because they're just yeah, no they're shit. just sea dogs. Yeah, no shit. I'm saying like to have a beer with a walrus. I think you know some stories that are walrus. Yeah. I'm gonna go counter to this. Worst animal to have a beer with would be the blobfish. Guy looks sad as fuck. You know, I think the blobfish. I know the blobfish because it's come up shit. to the top because yeah. of the depressurization. I know the fucking poor that poor guy. For Why the listeners, there is a deep sea fish called the blobfish, which in most popular depictions is shown as a very sad faced little creature. However, the general generally accepted reason for this is because they are used to being on the bottom of the seafloor at extreme pressures, meaning that their body actually changes shape when they're brought up to the surface. Um, so it likely oh, doesn't actually look that stupid when it's moving around on the bottom of the ocean, but it looks that stupid when we pull it out of the water. Well, so I'm, I'm going to say a dehydrated blobfish is the worst thing to be with. <laughs> Poor guy. I'd argue a blue ring octopus might be worse, but no, nah, blue ring octopus kind of kind of kind of kind of styling. I think an octopus could be the most amazing best friend. Octopus yeah. are like some of the smartest animals in the world, and also they have eight arms. What about Sebastian the crab though? I feel like you could... under the sea. <laughs> he wouldn't have a beard. It'd be a, he'd be too busy running he would around. Be. He'd be he'd be the good uh, the good bartender. He's a great wingman though, in the movie. Is he? He literally puts them together. He's like the, he like gets them together and they tells them they're gonna kiss. So he like sets all the thing up. He sings the song for them. What a fucking guy. He's what a, a great wingman. Apparently, I need to rewatch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch that movie. <laughs> um, you know one weird thing is. Go. In the movie, yes, Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm aware of it. Are you? <laughs> I hope so. I'm um, not actually because Pirates of the Caribbean, the movie, doesn't exist, okay. Matthew. What are Stranger Tides? Oh, Stranger Tides. Yeah, yeah, better. She definitely kills the priest, right? No, actually. So this is one of the myths attached to mermaids: is the idea that a mermaid's mermaid's kiss, similar to a vampire's bite, can actually turn you into a mermaid. So in so doing, she gives the blessing of the mermaid to him, which is why he then gets dragged through Do the they sea tunnels. Do that in the movie? No. 
Because <laughs> in the movie, I watched that movie, and like the guy, he never comes back. No, he doesn't. So they never. <laughs> he gets dragged off into sea tunnels. So for context, for people who haven't seen the movie, uh, the mermaid, which is kidnapped by Blackbeard's crew, uh, there is a preacher on board, a very Catholic preacher, um, who falls in love with the mermaid sinfully, um, and then is dragged underwater at the very end after he frees the mermaid, um, and just never shows up again. But again, as said, the mermaid's blessing is is but the mermaids do eat people. The mermaids do eat people. So I don't know. <laughs> but this is a nice mermaid. It's a nice mermaid. It's a nice mermaid. Who just wants to nibble him a little bit? No, legitimately, she's shown as like the nice mermaid. Like the other mermaids yeah. are like, ooh, gross. Yeah. Don't be so nice to them. It's so funny. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's such funny. a random fucking explanation. Don't be so nice to the things we're eating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was nice to her. He he freed her. He did. He did. He was a nice boy. And then she ate him. That's my head cannon. There is no proof he survived. <laughs> Yeah, he died. He died. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead. On to the next movie. On to the latest and final movie. We have Dead Men Tell No Tales, a very contentious movie um, for the fact that, as as we've discussed, it dives headfirst into the mythological aspects of it with, uh, uh, I haven't got this part written here, so excuse me if I get some issues, things wrong. Um, Salazar, the uh, Spanish captain who was tricked by Jack Sparrow in his youth into sinking his ship in the Bermuda Triangle, um, coming back to essentially try and get Jack uh, kill Jack from beyond the grave so that he can release himself. Um, no, not Salazar Slytherin, you bastard. I'm trying to do my research. He's Googling, baby. I was Googling Sal- Salazar Slytherin. You literally Googled Salazar Slytherin. You didn't Google <laughs> Salazar Pirates of the Caribbean, so you are trying to bullshit me. Yeah, Get yeah. out of here. The movie actually follows the crew trying to retrieve a legendary trident, wanting to use it to free an old fellow sailor from a long-time curse, being Will Turner, now Pirate of the Flying Dutchman, due to the events that happened in the third movie. Not getting into it. Minimal spoilers. The movie MacGuffin, which they are trying to find, the legendary trident, is the Trident of Poseidon. Um, Of course. Outside of the Greek myth of Poseidon himself, uh, the trident is an actual artifact in its own right in Greek mythology. Uh, It it seems to have some unique myths, including creating springs, anchoring islands to the sea floor, and even making horses for some reason. I mean, did Poseidon create horses in Greece? Yes, he did. Yeah, so but he used the he used the trident to do it. He's explicitly said the trident is used to do it. So I am attaching that myth to the trident. The trident has the ability to create horses. You can't tell me otherwise. He's a horse boy. Okay? He's a horse guy. Leave him alone. No. <laughs> Leave him alone. He's really into his horses. Yes. I mean, so into his horses, I think he fucks some. So. Yeah, very fair. Greek gods are weird, man. Greek gods are, Greek weird, gods are great. You know, it would be even weirder having a party and make people become as Greek gods. That'd be really weird. That'd be really weird. Wouldn't really do stupid. that. Yeah. Never. I'm missing a joke here, but that's fine. I just threw my birthday party. We were all dressed up as Greek oh, gods. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I'm glad to see God was really paying attention to your birthday. <laughs> How much did you drink? Well, I couldn't remember which... I'm trying to explain it for the audience. No, I'm not. I'm, I just forgot. I was forgetting if you were referencing an IP or whether it was a thing that we did. Anyway, beyond that, uh, in-universe of the actual film, it can create thunderstorms and waves, control merfolk and the Kraken. Um, it's also supposed to, for some fucking reason, again, this movie was taken over by different writers and they kind of went a little wacky with the the magic bullshit um and it was said that the poseidon's trident uh had all the power of all the curses of the sea which meant that when the crew destroyed it all the curses of the sea were broken which is fucking insane because while yes it solves their problem of trying to get will turner out of the pirating uh, captaining the flying dutchman it also removes all curses on all bad pirates ever if if barbosa and his crew were still under the aztec gold curse for example they would have been released from that if for example someone had been banished uh because people wanted to get rid of him maybe davy jones for example 
he would be able to come back now, which is alluded to in the end of the movie. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Yeah, if Salazar Slytherin had done some evil, and now he's back from the grave. Psych, that's actually part of the end of the movie, if you haven't what can't remember it, which I will get to in a second. But actually, I'll tell you now. Basically, he uses it to cure his own curse. Okay. By when it's broken. But in so doing, the magic of the trident is severed, and the scene which it's in has like a Red Sea-esque parting of the ocean, where yeah. there's coral and yeah, stuff yeah. exposed. And mm, Salazar, that's a historical part when Moses did it, <laughs> like Moses did, like yeah, Moses. No. Um, but the the actual like Salazar just falls back into the water and fucking dies because his curse was removed. Allow the first movie when they removed the Cortez curse before they then kill Barbosa. Oh yeah, they did the same thing here with Salazar, where they basically yeah. just removed his curse and then yeeted him into the ocean, which is pretty funny. Fair enough. It's yeah, pretty he's good. a really shit wizard. Yeah, he's a really shit wizard. <laughs> when the wizard accidentally cures their magic right as the sword, right what as the fighters got a sword held up against them. It's not a very smart move. It's not a very <laughs> smart move. It's like the turn the lightsaber on, lightsaber off move, like. That's forbidden. Forbidden techniques. In both, that's actually, it's forbidden in both Jedi and Sith because the Jedi think it's unhonorable and the Sith think it's too easy. (laughs) 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 I'm not even joking. That's why both of them abandoned it. I didn't actually know that. That's hilarious. (laughs) I really wish they'd given an actual technological reason why it wouldn't work. Like, but no. No. Well, the, the, that's the, that's the Legends canon. In the canon canon, it's supposed to be that, like, you're, your Jedi Force abilities protect your lightsaber mm. from them just turning it off. Mm. So, but like, there's no reason you couldn't just turn it off and then stab them. It's just not explained. It's fine. Yeah, anyway. It's dishonorable, dude. Anyway, so that is the Trident of Poseidon. Poseidon, of course, Greek god. I'm not going to go into that. It's Poseidon. Yeah, Poseidon. It's Poseidon. There's no, there's no modifications to it in the movie, apart from the next part, which I will get into, which is yep. uh, the film's interpretation of the Bermuda Triangles, the final <laughs> part, which I'm going to touch on. Yeah. Um, the film shows the famous triangle, well known in its own right. Um, the reason, <laughs> the reason it's known in the real world is because it is the site of many a ship crash and and loss um there's a couple of reasons why it's suspected to be which might be that some compasses lose accuracy which they kind of do all over the place so why it's particularly there yeah um some of the weather is more fierce due to some of the wind patterns um there is also suspicions of methane deposits which this is a really weird thing i came across while researching methane deposits (laughs) underneath the bermuda triangle are suspected that if they were released under the bottom of a ship would have enough density loss in the water that the sink the ship could actually sink into the water and that could lead to some ships being taken that's fucking sick yeah it's really cool that'd be so unlucky there's a lot of there's a lot of it's a lot of this is speculation none of it's scientifically proven otherwise we would know and i'd be able to tell you why the bermuda triangle is the bermuda triangle more likely than not it's just because for some reason or another a lot of ships have gone missing there and it's just although the funny the funny thing is because there's a really fun fuck this is awkward to shout out another podcast again but Illuminati actually had a great episode on the Bermuda Triangle if you're interested um, and the funny thing about it like numbers wise there isn't actually that many more disappearances and shipwrecks there than any other particular part of the ocean <laughs> like there's a lot of places that have got way more mysterious things it's just yeah the weirdest thing is a lot of the Bermuda Triangle stories. Also, the ship doesn't even disappear in the Bermuda yeah, Triangle. Yeah, they yeah. Just, it just sailed through it on the way. Yeah, <laughs> and then they actually disappeared through. when they got to Spain or something. Yeah. yeah, but also like it's also like there are some people who disagree where the Bermuda Triangle actually is. Yeah, as well. yeah. So it's literally just like people were sailing to a new coast and they didn't. There weren't any lighthouses. There weren't any people settlements, and people were fucking shit. And they're like, 
no, we're not shit. Uh, there's a there's a magical triangle that's really scary. <laughs> I also I would also really love to know how many early ship disappearances from the Bermuda Triangle could be attributed to simply, oh, um, that ship's missing because it had never arrived at its destination. When in reality, it's just because they ended up down there. But because communication just didn't happen, they're like, oh, we're here now. It's fine. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, they never arrived. So they missed their stop and they went, yeah, it's here. Yeah. 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 A lot of settlers just were like, yeah, we'll just settle here, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. People are just picking random places to settle down, just not really thinking much about it. Mm. Don't worry about it. I didn't get that joke. This is a colonization joke. Oh, no, not colonization. <laughs> oh, no, no. Guy, bring us back. Bring <laughs> us back. Bermuda Triangle in the series, though, is much more fun. Um, the. Origin in universe is that the triangle was created by Hades in order what? to bring. Yeah, what the real? <laughs> I'm not shitting you. You want to know? I do not remember this part of the movie. It's not in the movie. Oh, okay. This is the writers. This is J.K. Rowling's Twitter version of no, Pirates of the Caribbean. Like Just random bullshit. Pirates more? Yeah, pirates more. <laughs> um, basically, what the idea is is that it was uh, created by Hades in order to protect the tomb of Poseidon. It said that any people who die there are protectors of the tomb of Poseidon because it's powered. The protection is powered by Hades's magic, so therefore, naturally, undead sailors and undead creatures are what form there and actually become the protectors of Poseidon's tomb. It's also the reason why that's where the uh, trident is. So that's the reason in universe for. For the makes Bermuda Triangle. Makes it sense. makes sense and it's good. It's just not in the movie. I know these guys are bros, but they like never work together. So having like Hades come up and be like, hey, I'm gonna protect your thing, it's like, no, that's my fucking it's my it's the ocean is his thing. Like, Poseidon's get the dead. Fuck out of Poseidon's here. dead though. What? That's Poseidon's tomb. Poseidon fucking died? In the movie. What? <laughs> yeah, I remember that bit of Greek mythology. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. The fuck who killed Poseidon? Hey, I'm just Was it Calypso? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no. The heathen what? gods. And Hades is like, oh shit, my bro, I'm going to protect this fucking tomb. That's actually... Yeah. That's to be fair, bro. there are a number of times that Hades just given a job to do. He doesn't want to do it, but like, he's the god of death. He kind of has to do some shit. Well, he's the god of the underworld. There's a different god of death. Oh, yeah, there's a given... I'm just saying... Oh this yeah, there's a different okay, god. there's a difference. There's a difference. He's the, he's the lord of the underworld. He doesn't... He's not He's not the king of death. He's not the god of death. That's but good. also, like, Hades is... Yeah, he does a lot of bad shit, but so do most Greek gods. He's one of like the most reasonable Greek gods. That's fair enough, actually. Even when he kidnapped someone, he let them go back for most of the year. You really made a terrible mistake talking about Hades. I bumped guy. into it a time. I'm sorry. No, it's good. I enjoy it. Um, anyway, that's fucking crazy. Anyway, basic <laughs> idea of the Bermuda Triangle there is uh, it's where ships sink, so yeah. it's scary. But yeah. in the movie, it's where Poseidon's tomb is, and therefore Poseidon's <laughs> trident. Because why do you think Poseidon doesn't have his trident? Why He's dead in the movie. I don't know, fucking Aquaman has one. <laughs> Aquaman has it. Overall, however, in general terms, the series wonderfully mixes uh, myth, history, and its own lore to create a unique pirate world that I can say certainly many series and IP have sought to emulate uh, from uh, a, a Sea of Thieves to a, a number of other modern pirate interpretation myths and movies and shows. Um, it's interesting i've loved it for many years i'm not massively hopeful for its return the sixth movie was put on hold with the firing of Do johnny depp over abuse allegations for which the actor demands a public apology so even while he has been exonerated by trial it's unlikely it depends on whether disney's willing to say sorry about it um beyond mm. that there's also covid um there's also the writer's strike public interest and the most funny to me was a comment made by the new writers craig mazin and ted elliott that the script was brought to disney and was too weird 
So that's <laughs> oh, pretty no. funny. It gives that's me a little funny. bit of hope, but I'm not holding out. The yeah. last film was like six years ago at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Pirates of the Caribbean. I also, I also, yeah. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued of what your opinion would be. Yes, go. Um, because there's obviously all of the talk of like, ah, oh, we'll make Pirates of the Caribbean without Johnny Depp with a different person playing him, playing Jack Sparrow, whatever. What are your thoughts and opinions toward that? I don't... I never... My personal opinion on star culture is that I don't believe there is anyone who can't be replaced as a character, mm. but in their unique performance of that character is usually irreplaceable. So yeah. yeah. I believe that the series would absolutely lose some of its charm. Um, and, you know, Jack Sparrow is a major reason why a lot of people mm. watch the shows. Mm. Um, I would still watch it, but I would hold judgment until I see it. Because yeah. who knows? Maybe there's someone better. The entire character of Jack Sparrow was created because Johnny Depp just did a cool fucking performance. Yeah. The entire origin of his character was Johnny Depp doing bullshit. So who's to say another actor couldn't take a swing at it? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, as long as they go the route of here is a completely different and unique character, it could be interesting. You know what would be cool? If they mm. set like a like different time. You know, don't, yeah, don't separate it. Separate it a little bit by mm. like, do like a big prequel, but like 50 years in the past. Mm -hmm. Like when Barbosa's young or something like that. Barbosa centered focus, all stories, that would be amazing. The or other thing like that he's I. Like, he's like not a focus character, but he's like there, you know? Well, the other thing that I worry about mm. that I think is likely to happen because of general culture nowadays is that they're likely to cast someone who is already a popular name into the yeah, role. That's th yeah. I don't want to see Robert Downey Jr., pirate guy. I don't want to see Chris Pat Pratt, pirate guy. I want well, the to see one, the guy who can do the coolest performance. That was, that, was, that was the big one. There was like talks of Margot Robbie being a Jack Sparrow It's not character. talks, there's actually a... Yeah, there's, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's pretty... It's like... Happening. Yeah. It's a sideshow. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see how good it is. Like, yeah, but I know what you mean. I would rather see, like... No shade to Margot Robbie. She's a fucking amazing actress. But I would rather see someone that's a bit more of an unknown figure rather than just the big star's newest thing. Mm. Like you say, we've we've got enough big things of, like, I can go watch Rob Downey Jr. be the big lead of so many other things. Same with Margot Robbie, to an extent. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like part of the appeal to an extent is, I mean, obviously Johnny Depp's in way, 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 way more things, but that's kind of, like, his big thing. Yeah. So it'd be cool to see it become another actor's big thing rather than just one on the belt of another. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah no, I, I definitely I definitely agree with you. Mm. I also think, like, hey, maybe make right something new, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm the only one at the table, but I didn't really enjoy the last couple. I think put it down, you know? Mm. And But I'm not saying it couldn't be good. Like, from what I've heard, haven't watched them, from her... The latest Mission Impossible movies are the best ones out of the whole series, right? Yeah, they are pretty good. From what I hear. Yeah, yeah. So you can't hit, you can't not hit gold at the end. So yeah. like, it's possible. Yeah. But I don't know how likely it is. Yeah. I think, yeah, the, I think the thing that will be interesting, um, oh, the thing that I always thought, hey, maybe why, why didn't we get more of that in the next movies was in the third movie, we got really interesting build-up and set-up to the Pirate Council and even the whole fucking world of, like, the more Asian Seas pirates of um, 
dude whose name I forget that Elizabeth goes with at the start and then he has the map and then he gets like shot through the chest. Southang. Southang, yeah. Him and then um Miss Cheng was Mistress it? Ching. Mistress Ching. That would actually be really interesting that, that they do like a series where they go around the world and yeah. they don't have to tell the real history. They can tell like a Pirates of the Caribbean kind of That's history. It'd I mean, yeah. be really cool. Like the, we could dive so much more into the whole like Asian sea section and it would be complete because the thing they need is a different palette. We've seen red coats and Spanish and the Caribbean Sea. I mean, obviously, I guess I can't have to be connected to the Caribbean Sea, but we've seen enough of the fucking red coats. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. Heights of the not-so-Caribbeans. <laughs> well, that's what I mean, like, yeah. But at the same time, why not fucking change the name and just have it loosely connected, you Called know? Pirates. My yeah. ultimate argument yeah. for there being an entirely new series, agreeing with you, mm. is the fact that the original movie was based off a cool performance by Johnny Depp done yep. in the auditioning things, and a dark ride yeah. at Disney World. 100%. Like, it's not like they had some massive series that they're building off. You're yeah. not working off anything right now. 100%. Let some new writers have a swing at it. Let some new actors have a swing at Something it. Something completely new that could maybe... It does... Let's, that's the way. Let change the name so it's not even like... Support unique IPs. I know. Crazy, right? It's Whoa. so fucked up. <laughs> no way. We've got to recycle the same shit over and over again. I do have to insert this tidbit because I find it fucking hilarious. Do you know what happened with Mattel after the Barbie movie's success? They're like, they, they, they didn't, aren't they going to do like a gritty remake of like Hot Wheels or some shit like that? They, they've not decided that the, the reason that movie was popular was not because of um, Greta, um, Greta the, Gerwig. The, the not great because, writing. Not because of Greta Gerwig's directors and or great writing or anything like that, mm. but because there were Mattel products in it. So now they've commissioned a bunch of Mattel product movies like Uno and shit like that. I will go see the Hot Wheels movie. I will. I, I'll will. i go see them, but I don't. I, I think they're missing the point. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the Barbie movie was, in so many different ways, capturing lightning in a bottle, though. Just the, 100%. So, yeah, you wouldn't anyway. go see a gritty Uno movie where it's like a Casino Royale where they're playing Uno? Definitely not. <laughs> I would. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Fucking incredible. Anyway, that was the end of the final movie. Are there any pieces of lore or things that pop to your mind that you wish to question me about? I'm most likely not going to know, but it's nice to throw it out there in case any of the fans know about things like that. Um, Is there any, like, thing of, like, a magic compass? Like Jack's magic compass? Yeah, like Jack's magic compass. As I said at the beginning, Jack's magic compass was given to him by the goddess Calypso when he was a teenager. Is, that like, is there any lore or no. thing about that? No, entirely lore-based with Pirates of the Caribbean, okay. sadly. I, I wish. Um, well, I mean, there's not really, yeah. There'll be expansions to talk yeah, about. But yeah. There are other pirate IPs that we can certainly draw on for some interesting future episodes. Mm, and mm. In, in that niche, I'd like to say, uh, if you're thinking about giving us a review... Uh, for our wonderful work here today. The number of stars that you rate us is the number of One Piece episodes that we'll do. I'm... Let's talk... I'm... He's got the One Piece hat! Boy, it's Luffy. Luffy the... Monkey the Luffy. <laughs> Baluffy! Baluffy! <laughs> I would... I'm, I cannot fucking wait to do One Piece episodes. I have... I've only seen the live-action version. If there's One Piece fans out there listening to this, I want to know more. I want to know more. Send me more. I keep getting One Piece shorts on YouTube. Well, I actually, um, I actually found um, we, we got a anonymous fan sending a tip. It's actually the the original writer actually told us what the One Piece is. Yo, um, we're gonna spoil it on this podcast. You know that they and, know um, what the One Piece is, right? What? No, they not. No one knows what the One Piece. They kind of do. Mate, okay, it's it's theorized a lot. It's Gold Roger's know. treasure. Well, yeah, obviously it's this treasure, but I don't know what it is. Like what it actually... What this treasure is. What the actual thing's made of. Yeah. Like, what's this treasure? Also, one of my best friends is has watched One Piece, and he's re-watching it, like, multiple times. So, if you want to know about One Piece, 
I'll get Dom. I've already talked to Dom. Dom's already <laughs> tried to get me to watch One Piece. One Piece. <laughs> One Piece. So One Piece is a cut down version of One Piece that removes the filler. I thought it, you had a monkey brain moment. Brain. <laughs> um, anyway, that's um, if wanna, all. If you want to keep up on that or anything about, else about our podcast, uh, we are on YouTube, uh, Instagram, TikTok, um, and f- YouTube. Yeah, Facebook. Sorry, <laughs> um, where you can see like teasers, highlights, behind the scenes, and updates about our podcast. All links will be in the description. Mm. Um, and thank you in advance. Yeah. We have been, and always will be, living by the law. Thank you for your company, and good night. And good company. And good afternoon, laddie. <laughs> you really took you out of I was hoping you were going to say, and good drink or something like that. <laughs> no, I pretended to go for Mickey Mouse and then gave up and it nearly turned Irish and then it sounded like a weird British sailor boy. That's incredible. You know what is great if we do a... Um, One piece. No, if they do like a Indian or uh, China related one. Yeah, go. Okay. The English can still be the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> we. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jude. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's okay. Thank you for listening to Living by the Law. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review, tell your friends, and if you're feeling extra generous, become an official lawkeeper by joining our Patreon today. Follow us on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Living by the law. All links are in the description and thank you in advance. We have been, and always will be, living by the law. Thank you for your company and good night.